Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast, episode number 15. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. This podcast gives me an opportunity to dive into more in-depth, extended conversations with people that I think are interesting and I hope you find interesting as well. Um, And also, even though I do come from the world of film, uh, this episode we are venturing into a little bit of a, a different environment. And I'm, I'm using this as an opportunity to uh, explore a world that I'm not too, too familiar with, and that's the world of politics. I don't want to spoil too much about the conversation, so I'll just jump into reminding you that this podcast is also available in video form on YouTube. You can find it there by searching the Eddie Conversation podcast if you want to watch along versus just listen. Also remember, if you do enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, And without further ado, episode 15, Donald Abbott. Yes, thanks for for coming on, mister. Yeah, no, thanks, Eddie. It's nice to see you. It's been years. So you are (laughs) Donald Abbott. I will introduce you as of your your latest title, (laughs) which congratulations. Um, All right, I don't want to mess it up. So... City Council, uh-huh. Ward 1, yes, sir. Sparks, Nevada. Perfect. All right, great. Cool. <laughs> so where I wanted to start was, for those that aren't familiar with Sparks, uh-huh. where is it? What is, what is okay. Sparks? <laughs> okay. Uh, so Sparks is, you know, it's in the state of Nevada. It's just east of Reno, um, you know, and Reno's... Fairly near, if you're not, if you're not familiar with Reno, is it's nowhere near Vegas, and that's a common. <laughs> you know that when we travel around, everyone thinks it's only an hour away. It's eight hours away or so, just east of Tahoe. But Sparks is, I think, it's the fifth largest city in the state of Nevada. It's around 100,000 people. We just did the census, so we'll get those exact numbers fairly soon. Mm. Um, we can see the map behind us. That's the city of Sparks, yeah, right for there. For those watching the video. <laughs> Uh, I represent the downtown core, um, part of the industrial. It's the original part of Sparks. Um, Sparks was founded in 1905, and there's some original homes that are over 100 years old mm-hmm. down there. Uh, my current home is 70 plus years old, and that's just that's that's Sparks. So Sparks is made up of a lot of industrial. You know, we do have two casinos. We have Golden Eagle, which is the largest uh, artificial turf uh, installation on the West Coast, where mm. you can play softball and soccer and football. That's out there in Wingfield. Okay, um, okay. And you know, the, so there's a it's a little, it's fairly diverse. It's a it's a bedroom community. There's a lot of people. You know, it's a lot of homes. So um, it's not all just a business industrial park. It's a, a lot of houses. Right. So, okay. That's, that's good old Sparks. That's uh, you know, obviously that's where you grew up many years. That's where we met. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. Growing up in Sparks for sure. On uh-huh. the, uh, I'm not. In Ward 1. You're not. Yeah. Right? No, your parents' house is in Ward 2. Yeah, right on the border mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right there. And went to Greenbrae. Well, you showed up in fourth grade at Greenbrae? Okay, yeah. We can talk about me a little bit here. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> so this is, this is the hit. Yeah, I do. We've definitely known each other for a while. Yes. Um, my family moved to this area. Technically, I moved to, I think... It's still Sparks. Like, Al Rancho Drive mm-hmm. is still Sparks. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was third grade. Okay. And then I moved to this this area that my parents are still in. Um, that was sixth grade. 
Oh, sixth grade. That's okay. when I joined uh, up at uh, Greenbrae. Got you. Elementary. Got you. And I think, I mean, we didn't quite know each other at that point. Uh, you no. were, you were, you know, I was a new kid. I was a new kid joining in the last year when all these <laughs> other kids have been there for you know six uh -huh. years together. So, it took me a while to break into the cool kid group, but. <laughs> You, were, you had a pretty good boot on your soccer. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it always comes down to the uh, at, uh, at recess, uh -huh, at playing, recess. S playing soccer. And uh -huh. my one trait was the guy that would just kick it with his toe <laughs> yep. super hard and uh, clock some people on occasion on accident. But, yeah, good times. Good times. Yeah. So that's okay. So what I want to talk about with you yeah. that I found that that I think is interesting, because um, like you and I have, because we went to the same middle school. Yep. We were in different zones for high school. Mm -hmm. So you went to Sparks. I went to Reed, mm -hmm. and then found different reasons to connect, mm -hmm. and I'll call it adulthood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so we can talk about all of that, but I guess I want to start with. Kind of like who you are now and what you're up to now is kind of yeah. fascinating to me because as life goes on, it's cool seeing people you know doing stuff they love and stuff mm -hmm. and making making a difference in their own ways and following through with uh, in paths that like that I'm not familiar with yeah. at all. So I don't know where to start there, but let's talk yeah. about let's talk about how. Okay, first of all, city councilman, mm -hmm. second term, second term. Yep. All right, so where do you want to do? You want to talk about getting your second term, or do you want to talk about first term, or like well, we no. can go further back into getting? Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll, we'll go to first term. So when I first ran, it was in 2016. Um, yeah, I wasn't, you know, me pretty well. I wasn't class president. I was mm -hmm. more class clown. Like definitely just that's who I was, wearing shorts like I am today, every day, just a casual as could be. Yeah. So I decided to run. You know, it wasn't. I wasn't mad about a speed hump. I wasn't mad about like a traffic light. I wasn't mad about like one issue. Mm -hmm. I ran because I loved the city of Sparks. I was born and raised here. I wanted to give back. I didn't even know we got paid for this job. I thought this was a volunteer job. I thought it was part time. It's not part time. It's nowhere close to part time. Um, and I literally Googled how to run for office. Like it's a short story. Like it was an interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting event. I was 26. My other two opponents were 25 and 27. Mm. Um, I ran under the nonpartisan party, even though that's not a party. Um, one opponent was Republican, one was a Democrat, and on paper, I, I should not have won. I got outraised by a lot of money, um, but it was it worked out. It definitely the time, the yeah. door knocking, and just getting out and about, and you know, being from the community helps a little bit. So yeah, let, let's. Because we got some time here, I want to uh -huh. I want to dig into all. Okay, so I'm very fascinated. I'm not a big political guy. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if you were prior to jumping in. No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I do like the I do like how you put it. With it wasn't really like being upset with tech, like the system or uh -huh. like it wasn't the negative that pushed you in. It was a positive that pushed you in. Yes. That's beautiful. Uh -huh. um, and I I get frustrated with like the the party kind oh, of stuff sure. so how did you how did, okay what did you do why nonpartisan yeah. for you personally and then we can talk about what you did maybe that was different or how yeah how did it so how did it 
I, I at one time when I was young, when we were in high school, when we, you know, our senior year, we were able to vote for the first time. That's mm. how the mm -hmm. presidential cycle happened. And I, you know, I wasn't politically. I didn't watch CNN. I wasn't like I didn't. That wasn't me in high school. But I voted. I definitely voted every election. And so I actually was Green Party way back in the day for Ralph Nader. Uh, <laughs> I kind of remember that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, Nader's an interesting character. It's a whole other. That could probably take over two hours. <laughs> uh, but he switched parties in 2012, and in my head, I was like, well, "Do parties don't matter anymore?" Like that's, that was just one person I saw that just switched. Like if you're running for presidential, like that's the top of the top of your party theoretically, and you switch parties the next year or next cycle. I don't know. It made me start questioning parties mm -hmm. and. I think there's good and bad with both of our current two-party system, but I do think that we, you know, I think we need a, a better middle spot. Like nonpartisan part, I, I call it a, a party, but it's, it's technically not a party on paper, but right, it right. is a party. By definition, it's not a party. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's a... It's a it's an identity. I don't know. It's a, it's a category of its own, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the fastest growing party <laughs> in in our area mm -hmm. um you know it, people can find middle ground you know we can all we can we're not all going to agree on everything no matter what and we shouldn't <laughs> mm -hmm. but we get to a point where i think we're so divided that people want they want to find the positivity not just focus on all the negativity all the time and i, I love the nonpartisan party nonpartisan group whatever sure, sure. uh but what you know there's there's sacrifices i make is i can't vote in a, um, a partisan primary. So a partisan primary would be for like, say our state senators. If they were, you can, in the general election in November, you can only have one of each party to run. So if there was three Republicans running, they would have a partisan election in June with only Republican, only Republican voters could vote for them. Same with Democrats or if there's Whig or um, Green or anything else. Mm -hmm. And I can't vote in those. And that, that's a sacrifice that I, I do make. Um, there's Someday we might be able to do, it's called, a, oh, I think it's open elections, open primary. And then anyone could vote for those, for the partisan things. But that's the, that's the only thing I do give up. Mm -hmm. I also limit myself theoretically from ever running for a, a partisan position because so many people vote based on just if you're a Republican or Democrat or whatever party you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the number one question I get during my election. My phone rings. They don't even, hey, is this Donald? Are you a Republican or Democrat? And you have to explain that I'm neither. Sometimes people like that. Some people don't like that at all. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to get their vote, but. That's a lot there. there, for sure. It Dang. Is. All right. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think going back to kind of the first time in 2016, I broke an age barrier. I'm the youngest councilman ever for our city of Sparks. Like, mm -hmm. ever. My next youngest colleague graduated, I, he graduated high school the year I was born, and mm -hmm. he is on the young spectrum. He, he's always 48 right now. Um, so I definitely broke an age barrier, which is cool, because, you know, going back to, like, Sparks, or I, I've gone to read and talk to kids, I'm somewhat relatable, you know, even though we're 10 years, 12 years older than a senior. Yeah. I sometimes somewhat listen to some of the same music they do. And, you know, I have Snapchat, I, you know, some of the apps that yeah, they yeah. use. We're still somewhat relatable, and that was never a career path. And I'm not saying politics is a career, but you, know, you can do some time and help people here. And it is a job that you could, you can do it at 18. It's mm -hmm. Literally, you just have to be able to vote and be 18 to run for city council, so. Yeah. Okay. So, let's, 
I'm trying to I'm trying to decide on whether or not to jump further into the nonpartisan thing or jump into. All right, now you've declared nonpartisan. Uh-huh. What? How did? All right. What when you Googled how to run for city council? What kind of tips were there, and then what did you do? Um, first one's fundraise, and that's mm. the hardest hardest part. <laughs> that's, that's that's the. That's the thing, right? Yep. You know, it's all its only money. Uh, so fundraising for sure. And fundraising's hard. It's hard to ask people for money for your own project or, you know, running for office. And mm-hmm. It's not a tax write-off. It's not. It's literally an expense. You're asking people to support you and support your ideas and, and you know, hopefully have them support you because they believe in you and believe in what you'll do. But when you never... I never did anything before my first chance. It's it's hard. It's a hard to sell. Yeah. Um, I raised I think ten thousand that election in twenty sixteen. Uh-huh. My opponent did thirty nine thousand. Um, I loaned myself fifteen hundred of that money uh, just to get through because I yeah. no one else believed. It. I think other people believed in me, but not with their pocketbook. So uh, that was interesting. Um, obviously, then there's you know door knocking. So as much as everyone, I'm not the fan of people coming to my door either, but it's important. Sure. I was going to say, let's, let's pause there. I want to talk about, so when you are asking for the the donations uh-huh. to help. All right. So now you, you, you see, or I have to raise money, and you have to talk to people about your plans. Yeah. Or like how did, what did you develop? Like, how did you, what was your pitch at that at that first initial time? I'm curious to see how that's changed since and that, that kind of stuff. But So... If you can recall. Yeah, so the first time, I probably didn't have a good pitch because I didn't get money, obviously. And so. Well, you, got, you got some, I mean, it's still money. There were some, but, you know, we, I raised money for my friends. And mm-hmm. My friends knew knew me, and, you know, they, they knew how much I loved Sparks, but it was hard to get that message out to people that write checks with commas. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, are the, those are the checks that you like to have. Yeah. Uh, they, they go, and I'll take anyone's money. Like, if you give me five dollars, and you know, if that's all you can give me, that's just as great as someone giving me five thousand dollars. Because mm-hmm. it's important. You're taking the time. You're investing your money and your time into me, and that's super cool. I I write hand I write hand thank you note hand written thank you notes <laughs> to everyone yeah. on, on those. But you know, the pitch now I have a track record. I have four or I had four years of already running for office and are already serving the the city. And you either like it or you don't. And so it's it's an easier it's an easier sell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than trying to say, hey, I love the city of Sparks. I want to run for city council. Give me some money, and I'm gonna try to do my best. And it, it was just it was way different than yeah. the first time. And I'm gonna learn on the job, and you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, kind of, uh, for sure. And you know, it was I was 26 years old. I was definitely not. You know, those are hard conversations to mm-hmm. have with people asking for money. I got a lot of no's. A lot of, like, I, I cried myself to sleep. There's nights, there's nights I mm. questioned why why I was running for office. Because you just get, uh, you get said no to so many times that you're, you get beat up. And yeah. you're like, this, yeah. Is, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, like why, yeah, exactly. Why put yourself out there and put all that effort into mm-hmm. into these people that aren't, that aren't, they're supporting you and yeah. yeah that's a that's a big thing but yeah it's it's great coming out the other end though and for uh, sure yeah and, and you know now looking i did ten thousand for that race 
and that was a citywide. So the whole city voted for me. In, in the mm. in the in the primary in June, it was my ward only. I got second place, and then in November it was citywide, and I got first place. I only won by like 0.48 percent of the vote. Mm. It was super small. This election, there was a the legislature there was a change out there in Carson City where now it's ward only. So my just for my both. ward for both. I raised, I think, seventy thousand dollars this election, and I'm I'm running with Wayla. Like I have talked to less people. Right, right. And so, but it was way easier to ask for money because people already know what I've been doing. Either like it or you don't. It it is nice having the, uh, like I see when when you see the sign that says reelect like uh-huh. that. That's like all right, cool. That's I feel like it's a strong, yeah, strong case. It helps case for as you. long as the world's not burning and like you know the wow. things aren't falling apart. <laughs> well, the world's burning, but some of the world burning is not. Directly from city, it's not from city council. Yeah. So big. All right. So, okay. When I think of a little detour here. Yeah. Um, Again, me, like many, like many other people, I feel like aren't too, too into the political world Mm -hmm. and understand even what people are doing. And all right. It's like, all right, sweet. I'm, I'm following the presidential election. I know those names, but then there's. When you get the ballot, there's so many other mm-hmm. categories and names and questions, and people often aren't faced with it until they're, the ballot's already yeah. in their hands. So what does a city councilman do? Yeah. What do you, um, you know, what, what's the, yeah. So it's definitely not an eight, nine to five or, you know, Monday through Friday sort of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. The, the bare minimum is we set policy and we set budget. And so we, we do that for city council, and so, like, the city itself. So we have city council twice a month, and so that could be uh, land change. So zoning, so if you want to build a casino, that would have to come in front of us at some time. If we wanted to... So it's it's one member per ward uh-huh. is elected, and all of you... How so many... So we have... There's five. Five wards in Spark, uh-huh. so the five of you... Uh-huh. And one mayor. ...are the city council. Yep. yep. Okay. And the mayor. And the mayor. And so only city council votes on on issues at city council. The mayor has veto power and runs the meeting. And so we vote on a variety of, you know, approving, like I said, a budget. the budget's a big one. Mm. Um, if we had to approve spending money, so Tumwarf is our sewer plant. We have to approve to spend, you know, there are always at least a million dollars at the sewer fund. The sewer fund's a very expensive place. But we vote to approve the expenditures to, for the sewer plant, or to buy a new fire truck, or to set our budget to fix potholes or streets, mm-hmm. or to maintain the marina, Golden Eagle. Uh, so there's a thousand of like individual items, or and then also not at city council, but if you have a complaint, so like if one of our neighbors had a complaint about a pothole or a street light out, they could call me, then I would direct them to staff to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. And then I also serve on eight other committees, um, just in my political capacity. I serve on nonprofits. I think I have two or three nonprofits I serve on, but that's me being Donald Abbott, not me that's being That's separate, uh, separate from the position. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like, okay. Um, definitely the position kind of ties with, because they, you know, you, it helps knowing people and knowing people in different areas. But then I saw like I said, eight other. I think it's eight other committees like Parks and Rec, the Sewer Plant, Regional Planning, um, Flood Project, uh, Wash County Seniors, Sparks Spark Seniors. The Sparks Senior Board is actually one of my campaign promises mm. from 2016 that I 
I got up and running, and it's the first time we've ever had a Sparks Senior Advisory Committee in Sparks. Whoa. So that one's, that's definitely one of my passions as seniors. So we serve on all those committees. Those either meet uh, monthly, bi-monthly, or quarterly. Uh, and so that's, uh, that takes up a lot of your time. It, it's almost like a college class. So, you know, your college class is two hours long, but you have six hours of homework or prep to kind of get ready for that. That's mm -hmm. kind of the same in this world. Okay. Um, okay. So, all right, that makes, that makes sense. The, so you're developing, the city has a budget, and you're a part of the team that helps figure out mm -hmm. what we're going to work on and what the priorities are. And then where, how do you personally make your decisions? How do, what influences you and how do you, how has that changed? And the, from the beginning to now, like what, yeah. how, how is that? That's got to be interesting. Yeah, so, you know, I have my core beliefs, you know, on a variety of, you know, if we're talking about the budget or whatever, whatever item it is, mm -hmm. but we get public input. And, you know, public input can either be one phone call or one email to 100 or more. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, taking those and that allows you to kind of get both sides to whatever you're voting on. And right, right. Not everything is super controversial, but there are some items where you're not getting the whole truth from either party. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so it's nice to hear both sides. And, uh, you know, I try to keep an open mind. Even, you know, I, I, had, a, I had an issue where I had my, I wouldn't say I had my mind made up. But I definitely thought where I was going to vote a certain way, and then just hearing public input at the meeting, I was like, okay. I don't think this. I don't think I, I don't think the yes vote is the right way anymore. It was no vote either way. But yeah. Yeah. So you know, I you can still switch. You know, up until the moment, and then there's days where, you know, you do the best you can with the information you have, and you learn something new nine months later. Mm -hmm. and you can't do anything about it because the vote's already. Yeah, because I, I could imagine it's difficult balancing here's what I believe and but then again you're you've been elected by your ward uh -huh. to follow through with what they believe yep. so then I, I try to imagine all right now you've got the squeaky wheels versus the people that aren't speaking up yes. so how how do you get past like these people are the ones calling in do you I guess it might be like a case-by-case -case thing but do you go out and try to seek more context on a thing from people that aren't speaking up to see if it's really if that's the whole truth or if that's just uh, you know hmm. I think I, I definitely made phone calls to people that I'm like is this really a problem so I say mm -hmm. if it was a let's say it affects bars or something so I got one bar owner saying this I'll call the other bars but hey is this a real problem and maybe it is maybe it isn't mm -hmm. or you know maybe it is a problem but it's not this extreme because uh, sometimes, yeah, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but sometimes the squeaky wheel is just squeaking to squeak. Yeah, and yeah. the silent majority, a lot of the time, they don't want, they either don't want to take the time to reach out, they don't think it'll matter, mm -hmm. um, which is sadly a very common answer. And um, I would disagree. I think it does matter to reach out. You know, if you reach out to me with the email, phone call, I'll email you back, I'll call you back, I'll text you back. I have people that write me handwritten notes. I'll handwrite a note back to mm. you. I usually type them actually now because my penmanship's so bad. <laughs> but then I'll sign them, but it's still me <laughs> yeah, yeah. writing up. And so, the, the, you know, I think, I think there's kind of a case-by-case case on what the issue is. And you kind of know what the problem is, you know, so... We have speeding all over. It's our number one complaint. Mm. And if you tell me there's speeding on a street, I get it. I know we have that problem. But then if you tell me there's speeding on this other street, it's kind of questionable. Like, eh, that's probably a bad example. But 
Because we, sure. like I said, but you you kind of have a little experience of what the problems are. Because you know, if, if one person is complaining about speeding on a side street, like that's unreal. There's going to be more than one person. You're going to have multiple people, or we have abandoned vehicles. That's another big problem. Is people just stealing cars and just dropping them, you know, pulling whatever they want off and then leaving yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. So kind of all right. So you know it's an issue when multiple people are are speaking up about it, and that's kind of how things get on the radar. Yeah. So I do. It is helpful to know. I guess I don't know if it's you mm-hmm. personally that. It, all right. I like the idea that speaking up does matter mm-hmm. and somebody will hear you and ideally the person cares to hear you. Because I know, like, let's say I've lived in L.A. for two years now mm-hmm. and I know <laughs> this whole COVID thing down there mm-hmm. has been been shaky. I don't, I don't know much about how it's been going on up here, yeah. but, like, let's just say with businesses being asked to close and mm-hmm. make those huge decisions that are happening, I don't know... Who lands on them but i know i've heard other podcasts where like restaurant owners will come on and talk about like we were never talked to about like how to best handle our situation in our industry and we're being asked to close down and we're being asked to like put up these glass barriers we're being asked to this social mm-hmm. distancing we're saying yes to all of it we're working it we put sixty thousand dollars into our restaurant and then the next day once it's all done they decide to close us down and it's like well why did like what Mm-hmm. Tell us what you want, because <laughs> they're just being pulled in every direction. So mm-hmm. I don't know. In the, in in their cases, they're talking about how they're trying to reach out, and they're kind of just being spun around and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I guess we, uh, yeah, whatever that brings up for you. Yeah, no, um, you know the whole. I don't, and so like I could tell you what's happening up here for COVID, but for I couldn't sure. tell you in California, like <laughs> yeah. same world. You know, I know you guys are still shut down. That's all I really know. Um, but, you know, the shutting down of businesses is not, a, you know, that's from the governor. Yeah, it's And I think, I think communication could be better across all those lines of from, you know, from the governor's office, to, you know, to us. Because mm-hmm. um, when we, when he goes on, we're getting it live. Like, I'm finding out almost oh. about it, too, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the businesses, we've been thankful that we haven't had really any shut we, we shut down earlier this year but everything that was like else, the, that was like a big nationwide shutdown mm-hmm. almost that was the that was mm-hmm. the big one it yeah. was like in april or ish give or take but all of our businesses have been open still and you know i'm big on supporting local businesses um yeah i've i i've been to every restaurant in the city of sparks there's 199 of them i've been to almost every public business there is mm-hmm. um and i know a lot of the business owners for that for that reason and you know now now more than ever, people are actually coming out. You know, obviously some people are, we are closing businesses. There's no doubt at all. There's, um, my, my dry cleaner's closed. And, you know, there's almost no need for dry cleaners because we're not, I'm not wearing suits and ties very often anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and so there's some businesses that are closing, but we got other restaurants that are flourishing. And it sounds crazy, but people are just all about supporting, like Simbat, Simbat mm-hmm. hot dogs. Mm-hmm. I've never seen so many people there my entire life until COVID. And you know, just outside, like, yeah. or to go orders, they're just busy. Um, and so, I think for for you guys in LA, it's a little different because your population is so high. You know, I I don't know the I don't know the number, how many council members or how they work it. You know, throughout the city, there's like a 
you know, do they represent 500,000 people? Do they represent 250,000? And those are hard numbers to, like if everyone in my ward called me, that's 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. Like that's hard to maintain that, but not everyone does. Uh, and so, you know, I'm sure someone's listening when they reach out, but it's it's hard. It's hard to, to mm-hmm. get a hold of someone if, you know, if the whole world's falling apart. COVID and for sure they, the uh, population plays a big part yeah definitely LA is you know it's LA and New York or the uh, the, mm-hmm. the big pockets and it's it's interesting seeing how things are playing out and it uh, but yeah just being that the fact that you're witnessing stuff let's just say witnessing mm-hmm. aspects that normal people don't get a witness even though sometimes you're getting news at the same time that the general public's getting news like it's a weird it's, it's a weird system but um, mm-hmm. um and, and uh, so we have you know people that are going out osha is going out and inspecting mm-hmm. businesses me and uh, our mayor uh, mayor at lawson we actually went out to some of the businesses that got warnings from osha or from our code enforcement mm-hmm. and we just checked in like hey you know we understand you know you know yeah there is the whole mass, the whole social distancing, you know, capacity. You know, we're just trying to get through this. We're trying to keep everyone open. And we just checked in. And that was something fairly unique, you know, mm-hmm. for us to, you know, we spent half a day um, just going out there and just checking in with businesses. And we couldn't, we didn't hit everyone. We hit, I think, 10, business, 10 businesses that day. Okay, but okay. Just tried to check in and just. And it was kind of like random businesses or was, it wasn't, uh, from what you were saying, was it that, this business came on the radar because they weren't following the guidelines yes. and then you checked in with other ones from there? Yeah, so okay. that business got a warning for not following the rule at some point and that could have been even a customer not wearing a mask or something. They weren't mm-hmm. enforcing and we stopped in you know, a couple months after it just to check in and like, hey, you know, we know, we, you know, things happen, you know, how is the whole process, you know, is everyone nice to you? Um, you know, how... Yeah, whose fault is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... That was something unique that no, I don't, yeah. it wasn't normal for us to do. We just did just try to check in, and you know we're trying to keep our businesses open. Yeah, and, though, and that inspired the further check-ins from there. Okay, just cool. Just check in and, and try to support. Mm-hmm. And there's still bad apples. There's bad apples in the city that are just not following rules, and you know sadly people are dying from COVID, and I don't think it's hurt them, or it hasn't hit them yet. You know, they, I don't think they've buried a friend yet, or something, or someone they know. Right, right. Um, yeah, but some people are. Just I'm making a dollar or two right now. And Everybody, every it's a classic um, surviving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, survival of the business, survival of the your own family and priorities, and yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's also you know there's other ways to to keep money coming in while trying to survive mm-hmm. you know, your business and keeping people alive. But so how I guess all right. I don't know where to. All right, we can talk about going back to getting getting elected the first time okay. and the door-to-door or talking about going to the re-election process during COVID because that was probably... Way more know, interesting. Definitely interesting. Yeah. Can I hit on both real quick? Yeah, yeah, please. So, you know, 2016, that election, like, so, you know, we're Googling how to run. When I... There's a two-week filing period to run for office. Like, it's in March... If you either, it's $30, um, you either sign up during that two-week period or you don't. Like, that's it. There's, that's okay, the deadline. Okay, it's a window. Yeah, a window. It's a good word choice. <laughs> so I woke up on the first Friday of the first of that first week, 
so yeah, the Friday of the first week, and I decided to run for office. I had no plan, I had no logos, literally nothing made. Just kind of winged it, went down to the bank, got 15 $2 bills, and I, $2 bills are lucky, so that's $30. <laughs> Paid that, um, I met my first opponent that day, the other one showed up Monday. But, you know, that was a, a normal election where you go around, you're, you're in rooms like this where you have other business owners that are sitting on a committee, um, you know, like I'm sure there's a committee in, you know, in your world of um, producers and that are probably have a political action committee is what they would be called mm. that are supporting candidates that are probably supporting the film industry somehow. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. However. Um, like lobbyists. Wait, that's, 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 that's that the term? No, lobbyists who would lobby to elected officials to get support on various items. Okay. So you guys could hire a lobbyist to lobby to an elected to support the film industry more sort of thing, but you'd also want to probably support a candidate that already supports the film industry first off. So it's kind of like pre-lobbying. Yeah, yeah, okay. I guess you can say that, yeah. Get, sure. You want to get people that are like-minded with you in office. Okay. And so you go to those interviews, and, you know, they're in person, and they, I, I only got one. I, I went one for ten. I got, so I got nine of them were all no's. I had people tell me, try again in a couple of years, you know, you're not ready. And I get it, I wasn't. I was new. I was a greenhorn. Tech, yeah, yeah. It's the classic. How do you get ready? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thing too. I yeah. I had to jump in. So mm -hmm. you know, we we door knocked a lot, and so that's just you know the typical knock talk. Hey, I'm not allowed. I've been working for city council. You know, this this is this. Here's my flyer. My phone number. My email on the back. Let me know your question. Mm -hmm. Blah blah blah. Go to the next door, and you, you know you're going. You're hitting people that are voters. You're not just hitting random doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Targeting people, and then you have mailers that you're trying to mail out to. So that's a basic. That's a basic election. You're raising money to advertise, however you can advertise. Mm -hmm. You know, this time I started raising. I already knew I was running. I was going to run for again. I announced. I had a fundraiser in 2019. So thankfully, before COVID. Mm -hmm. We were already raising money, mm -hmm. and then I had my 30 for 30 fundraiser, which is my 30th birthday was this year, and so I did a $30 fundraiser for um, my 30th birthday, mm -hmm. and that was February 26th, well, my birthday is the 28th, it might have been actually on my birthday on the 28th, but COVID was just like, we weren't shutting down yet, we weren't even having yeah. that conversation. It was the wait and see, yeah. Yeah, uh, so thankfully I raised a lot of money before, because this election was not normal. You you weren't going door to door to people because people don't want to talk to you. Yeah, they want to that, stay that away. Would, that would lose you votes. Yeah, sure. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So you have to have money for the most part. You know, you're either to to do mailers or advertise other ways. Um, my social media, my numbers, like my Facebook when the, when COVID first, like when we shut down, they were off the charts because people were just on their phones constantly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Facebook advertising is a beautiful thing mm -hmm. that you can target. I can target my my ward. I can target English speakers, Spanish speakers. Um, I do represent a large Spanish population. I did a video in Spanish. Um, muy poquito, espanol. Uh, <laughs> but nice. we made it work. I advertise in the Spanish newspaper, Sparks Tribune, Snapchat, uh, Instagram, uh, billboards. Uh, mailers, so many mailers, so many. And then we did literature dropping too. So instead of door knocking, you just put the flyer on their door and walk away. Okay. Um, I hand signed 4,500 of them and just, you know, sorry, I missed you, Donald. And mm -hmm. we literature dropped all those. And so those interviews that I was talking about, normally in a room, we're all on Zoom. Then 
you know, we had debates. Obviously, we had debates in 2016, too. We had way more debates now because it's virtual. It's so easier, way easier to get people together. Get you in the room, yeah, together, uh -huh. yeah. Uh, so it was a, it was a digital election. Mm -hmm. If you didn't understand your digital platform, like you had to, you, or you had to have a, a team, a team that did. Um, and you know, I'm very thankful that my team, you know, Drew Nicholson does all my mail, all my design of all my graphics. Mm. Um, I have a couple other buddies. I don't think I don't think you know David or Ross, but we, they all went to high school. Yeah, they all went to Sparks. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just a team of people our age, just my yeah. friends that have skills that came back, you know, ten years later to help to help me here. So it was a very very different. Um, I, was gonna, I was gonna say, can you like as as far as like a pie chart goes? I don't know if if you're comfortable with disclosing, but like. You have your budget. Uh -huh. Like, what percentage is going to social media promoting? What what percentage gets the yeah. signs out there? Like, I know like physical printing is a thing. Like that costs money. Yeah, mailers cost. Money. Like, what's the breakdown on? So, it, it's completely somewhat public information. So we have mm -hmm. to disclose all our expenses, where we spend our money, and where we get our contributions okay. at. So I'm not giving out trade secrets sure, or sure, anything. Sure. But printing. My mailers, we probably made, we probably made ten different mailers this year. Like we made a lot of mailers, and we probably spent twenty five thousand on mailing, twenty five to maybe thirty. So that's like a third of the budget. Yeah, uh, yeah, around that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty, pretty penny. You know, my print shop, they will somewhat credit me for keeping them in business because mm. all the other special events, you know, they do. Um, Hot August Nights, and I don't think they do hot air balloons. They do either balloon or air races. All of our special events cancel. Everyone's canceling. Oh, right, you right. Know, and that's, yeah. they do all the posters. They do all the special events. The restaurants that they print for are, you know, oh, gosh, you know, we're being put on hold. We don't know what's going on. And I had an election. I, I had no choice but to spend money, and I definitely spent a lot of money at my yeah. job, which is in Sparks. That's another fun fact is all my campaign stuff i have a sparks preference your business if you know i don't understand how i can represent sparks and not support sparks business in right. my campaign no for sure um, and so you know snapchat snapchat facebook instagram was probably i'm gonna guess around total for the whole like primary and general probably around two mm. to four thousand dollars okay probably around that's that. smaller than i expected actually uh, you know we got good, oh, yeah, yeah. Like little five dollar pops here and there in that kind of range, or I don't know how it works. Not you don't, you don't uh, have to no, disclose no. all that. You're fine. But. No, we were spending ten dollars a day usually on every ad. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so, but not we weren't fired up the whole time. You know, you only fire up towards the election, sure. like towards like you know the actual day of election sort of thing to stay relevant with people. Um, but no, we Snapchat was actually I think one of the best ones because Snap, huh. you know, I was Facebook is great. For the older people, like older, you know, like us and up, like us and up, <laughs> but like even the older, up, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like they they like that stuff. Snapchat, those are the high schoolers that are you know young that you know I don't even I have Snapchat I don't even look at those not the stories like your personal friends but like the you know the videos that they play. Yeah, Snapchat. I don't spend much time on Snapchat. Yeah, <laughs> these but like there's these ads that play and I don't even 
watch them, but my like younger people do. That's yeah, that's, yeah, uh, yeah. That's interesting. And so you know, then you have billboards, you got mailers. You know, the, the goal is you want to touch someone seven. You want them to see your name seven times. Mm. Is the the marketing goal. Okay. Um, and then you know, in politics, we, these mailers they look super cool. There's tons of words on them, but they are literally designed to go from the mailbox to the trash can. Seven, we say seven seconds. You know, of mm. what do I want you to read in seven seconds? Hopefully, mm. my name. My name is the number one thing I want you yeah, to read. Yeah, yeah. See your name. Um, hopefully, my tagline. Make it a habit. Vote for a habit. Yeah. And throw it away. And or hopefully recycle. That's what I really want them to do. Yeah. But you know, that's that's interesting. Yeah. That's the game of politics, and you know, it's it's not fun. It's there's ugly times. When I first ran, I remember someone called me Dumbo. So that, and like I don't think I have big ears, but like I started thinking I had big ears then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone called me a gummy bear because I smiled and showed my gums too much, my teeth. It was fun. Well, that's mean. People are being mean. <laughs> so these are just like rando people, like you yeah, just getting like almost yeah. Okay, well, that's just troll culture in general. There for yeah. sure. That's a bummer that you have to be subjected to that, but that is a spotlight treatment. Um, I guess. Yeah. Right. Uh, but what? Okay. So I don't know if you're going to go anywhere from that. But what? Um, the classic other game in politics, of course, is the uh, the bashing one another yeah. game. And I know, based on obviously following you for so long, you do everything you can to not play that game. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, being trying to be pulled in, or how? Oh, how yeah. that How that works. Um, you know, temptation's always there, and you know, misery loves company. You, you know, like the presidential races or our state races, people get nasty. Um, I chose not to. I chose to. I'm all about cup half full. Stay positive, positive vibes, positive results. Yeah, taking the high road, yeah. And it was hard. There's, you know, I got labeled a racist this year. I, mm. uh, you, you know, Mr. Mayor, old principal at Greenbrae. Oh, no, you were in sixth. Never mind. Well, I was, was there for a year, but okay. Yeah. Either way, he was a, he was a previous city councilman, and there's a, there's a story there. But, um, you know, we, we said a quote. So this guy was my principal when kindergarten to third. He goes to Sparks, or he graduated from Sparks High, but he was a city councilman when we were at Green Bay. And then he was the longest-serving councilman, a super cool dude. And he, uh, we put a, a mailer that said, Donald's one of us. And... He is a white male, and I am a white male. And the people, there's an op-ed, an opinion piece that came mm, out in the paper mm. that said I was trying to paint, that I was trying to have John say that you should vote for me because I'm a white male. And that's it. Like, Don's one of us because Don's a white male. Not what I was trying to say was Don's one of us. Don's one of the community. Don's one. He's an everyman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was trying to be inclusive and not exclusive. And so it, it was ugly. Definitely. You know, it's so he thought you personally catered this slogan directly to him, and this was the no. This is a quote from him that he said on a mailer. Right. We, so I mean, the mailer was sent to many people. Yes. Not just white people. Yes. <laughs> and not just old people or young people. All people of right. all colors. But, but what? I'm, so he was. He received it, and he's like, "Oh my gosh." He, no, not him. It was. He was fine with it. He already. He knew the the quote. It was other people that got it. So. Oh, okay. They thought I was trying to say that I'm. They thought I was trying to have him say, with his quote of Donald's one of us, that you should vote for 
Donald because you are okay. a white. Yeah, you know, gotcha, like gotcha. Him. And so definitely a stretch, you know. And I bounce all my mailers off multiple people. It's not just, you know, it's not just Drew makes it and I read it and it's done. You know, we're bouncing off five, six different people and none of us, that wasn't on our radar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we try to watch what we say. and But, you know, there's things like that. And, you know, it's, I, I definitely, I didn't want anyone to vote for me because I'm a white male. I want you to vote right. for me because I'm. You I represent the, the community. I'm, I represent Sparks, and I love it. And I go to the local businesses. I go to the same grocery store that you go to, the same 7-Eleven. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I walk down the same sidewalks you walk your dog on, not anything else. And yeah. So it gets nasty. And there's stuff sitting on my – it's still on my desk that was dirt on my opponent that people gave mm-hmm. me. I didn't research. I it wasn't. It's not my intent to do that. Yeah. But people would send it to me. And there's a file, and I just chose not to. I don't yeah. need. I don't. We have enough negativity, especially with COVID this year. <laughs> like, there's enough negativity in the world that we didn't need anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big supporter of beating everyone with kindness. And end of the day, if I would have lost, I had to still look at myself in the face the next day. And I'd be like, okay, did you sell out yourself, Donald, for a job, or did you? you know, mm-hmm. Still a decent human being. Yeah, because I mean, I, I guess just to clarify. Regardless of COVID, you wouldn't have tapped into Absolutely no. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I wouldn't, no matter what. There's no need. Yeah. So I, cause I, I didn't, I don't know if you want to talk about it or if this was a story that came up, but I remember there was a specific moment on Facebook where you did make a public post <laughs> about like, hey, everybody, this person is saying these things uh-huh. and I'm not going to, I just want to acknowledge that these things are being said and I'm not going to get into this like yeah that, that kind of yeah. yeah so i got blamed for people dying from covid mm. at a um assisted living center and not just myself the entire city council did too and a mailer sent out and there was allegations that i wasn't doing anything and so in that post there was it showed i did i helped with a uh, a senior uh, kind of food and essentials, you know, clothing, diapers, toilet paper. When we had the toilet paper shortage, we got toilet paper and we were getting, the, getting dropping them off to seniors. Uh, so we talked about that. I, I delivered some other stuff to seniors. I learned to sew, like, like with a sewing machine. Mm-hmm. My friends that own a wedding company, all their weddings canceled. And so we started making masks. And so every mask we sold, we donated to a public um, – you know, a fire, uh, fire, fire personnel or police officer or uh, Remzo. Or in, we actually gave them to homeless people as well. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone, anyone in the community needed one. You know, I kept them in my trunk. If someone was walking, you know, you needed a mask. And there's multiple times where I gave people a mask. And so the thing I realized is I don't, I didn't talk about it. And so no one knew what we were, what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Because I, I like to do good things without telling the whole world right, about right. it. So I shared that that post was talking about, hey, I'm doing this, this, and that. Um, the people dying at that did die at a, the um, the assisted living center. That is on the business. That that's on the personnel that are running the business. That's not a city council or a city role to make sure that they have PPE. That's just not that's not our role. That, we'd have to manage every business, which we mm-hmm. we can't do that. And so. That was negativity coming my way and me putting a positive spin back on it. And mm-hmm. the hard thing there is you don't know who she mailed it to. I don't know who, you know, say if she mailed it to you and then didn't mail it to, say, your mother, 
and then I say I, I make a mailer that says all those things, those pictures, and send it out, and I send it to your mother, your mother never got that first attack piece. And right, so right. you're making, by spending too much energy on it, you're making it a bigger deal than it really needs to be. You're almost spreading. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're hurting yourself, <laughs> spending your own money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Facebook, yeah, it, it took me some time. You know, we crafted a post, you know, but people, I think people responded to it well. Uh, you know, it was neat to see old, like, old teachers that we had, you know, that still live here in Sparks that, you know, a, a couple of them engaged on it. And just people I, I, I won't say I forgot about, but I haven't talked to in 20 years that mm -hmm. had come out of the wood. Oh, I remember you and you were a good kid and, you know, <laughs> this and that. Yeah. Because um, I, I think... One of the biggest things that I try to keep in mind, and I look in for in, into, that I look for in other people, mm -hmm. is the the transparency of situations. I think adds a lot to the trust factor. Of once you bring me like behind the curtain and tell me, all right, this is the decision I'm making. This is why I'm making it. Mm -hmm. This is what we're dealing with. This is my response based on like whatever. All that all that yeah. stuff. I think. Uh, I always like that approach because, oh, I don't know, I'm, it's, again, the communication, mm -hmm. me being, I'll just, I haven't brought it up yet, but, like, me being a film guy and working on set, it is always frustrating just in life in general when you're being told, like, you're not being told what's really happening and you're just having to figure stuff out. You lose a lot of trust in your leadership. You lose a lot of trust in mm -hmm. the process and all that kind of stuff if you're not being kept in the loop. Yeah. So I do... Uh, I mean, I did like your your approach on that, but I wasn't. I, I didn't. I didn't dig into like, wait, wait, what? what I don't even know what you're talking about, yeah, really. But and I didn't share the post. I didn't share her yeah, flyer yeah. or anything. You know, there's no need. There's no need to bring any more attention because mm -hmm. then you're spreading you're spreading it more. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I always thought about too. With uh, I don't want to. Okay. Sometimes people want to, let's say, give. Pause. Okay, there's there's a in the political landscape when you're running, it's you versus an opponent, yep. and there's two ways to help somebody win. Right? There's the talk up one person uh -huh. and talk positive about one person, or ding them down by talking negative about that person, or like, all right, I love Donald. I'm gonna talk negative about his opponent, yep. and hopefully people will hate them and vote. Yep, the Donald route. So, um, I don't know. I forgot where I was going with that, but <laughs> I do think about uh, the tactics that that people use, and I always feel like I remember now. So when it upsets me, because like you said, the name thing. When people see the name seven times, or mm -hmm. you're trying to get your name out there, sometimes when people are poking negative at the opponent, you're just helping their name get out there even yep. further. Yep. And that could actually benefit them in ways. So I don't like that approach. And I usually like cringe when people that I know who are pro-Donald are going negative. Like, you're putting their name out there. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. Nope. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> but it yeah. works. As much as I will disagree, uh, I wouldn't, that's not for me. Mm. Negative campaigning works. And it's... Is it the Twitter effect? I there uh, there was the doc on Netflix. Um, uh, Social dilemma. 
I haven't seen it, but All I know right. about it. There's a cool stat in there where they talk about disinformation spread versus mm -hmm. truth. And on Twitter, they did a they did a study study <laughs> where uh, uh, fake news mm -hmm. travel six times faster than real news. So if you just think about mathematically speaking, getting that spread of that negativity gets in front of more eyeballs quicker mm -hmm. than going the positive route. And it's hard to discern what's true and what's not. And But by the end of it, it's like, oh, well, the name of the whatever. Like, yeah. So. It's already out. And then if there is that negative, you know, say, well, we'll just say it's on you, Eddie, and say, you know, Eddie, blah, 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 this. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. But if there was sure. a fake article on you, mm -hmm. and then you're like, that's wrong. That's not true at all. No one's going to read the second article. Correct, yeah. They only, and they probably didn't even read the first article. They just read the headline. Yeah, they That's, get heated and they yeah. share it and then they forget about it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you just have to let some of those, it's hard. It's hard to let some of those things go because you're not going to win and you're just, you're spinning your wheels on something mm -hmm. that doesn't. Um, so, no, it's a, politics is a fun world. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one. So now you're, you're jumping into a second term. Yep. How long are the terms again? Four years. Four-year term. Dang. And you can do three of them total. Three. And three then, terms. Because you mentioned uh, the principal was the longest sitting. Did yeah, they change the rules at some they point? they did. Okay. So he pulled 17 and a half. And so, 17 and a half terms? So, uh, years. <laughs> okay. I was like, whoa. 17 and a half years, and then he did, I think, eight or 12 as a school board trustee. Okay. And he was a principal for 20 plus so years. So you get 12 teacher. years. Yep. And then rumor has it, or I can ask you, what's what's the goal? What's the plan? Yeah, no, the the, the current plan is to run again in 2024, and then there's a conversation about running for mayor in 2030. Mm. So it's one election at a time. You know, that's the long-term goal. Um, We're doing the math. 2020 plus 4, 2024, run again, ideally get reelected. That takes you to 2028. Yep. And, and then, then you have to wait the two years to run. Yeah. Okay. So the mayor, but you get ramped up during that time anyway. Exactly. Okay. You would be campaigning. You'd be raising money. You would be doing something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't be tied up with your council position at that, yeah, at that time. Yeah. But I would need a job. I would. I need a job <laughs> for two years to. Sure, to sure. You got time. So we'll see. You know, it's. But that's yeah. the goal. That's the dream. Yeah, you know. Sparks. I sparks think, mayor. You know, it's it's a job that you, know, you can see the gray hairs. Shoot, I have more gray hairs than I've ever had. And the job is a you get beat up. It's a job that mm. you it's public service, and it's a super cool job. It's hands down the best job I've ever had, no doubt at all. I quit my job of eleven years after I got elected to do this, mm -hmm. and it's fun. But you do take a beating. You know, there's days, you know, you walk into a restaurant, people either like you or they don't like you. You know, people talk, and you have to have thick skin. You're not just a just a body anymore. You know, people look people look up to you. People, you know, it's, it's crazy to think. I have, I have friends, I have people I know that call me a role model, and I'm like, I'm just Donald. I'm just the same person I always am. Sure, sure. But people look at you differently, and... People, you know, you're under a microscope all the time. My, our text today could get searched. If someone asked a certain word and I have to disclose my email, my cell phone, my call logs, all my messages, everything gets searched. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm not, I have nothing to hide. There's nothing transparent. Sure, but, sure. you know, I had a time where I had to disclose the word marina every time I used the word marina. And it was an awkward conversation because, you know, if I met a girl at the marina, I had to explain my relationship with who she is or mm-hmm. who one of my friends are, and you know. So you don't have to do that in normal life. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's my normal. That's my normal. That's interesting. Um, so it's... It's different, but I do love it. I do love it. So, you know, the goal of this mirror 2030, um, I couldn't tell you if I want anything higher. Um, the higher you go up, the further you distance yourself from normal human beings mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah, because it sounds like mayor, I mean, just based off your description of the of the city council mm-hmm. life, it sounds like you're still in that same world. Like, you're still dealing with the city council members. You're the mm-hmm. veto power. You're kept in the yep. loop a similar way. I don't know if there's any other tasks on top of that, but I'm sure there, there's, there's more. more there's to do. more. Yeah. There's just one of them. I would say many. more in the loop, too. Yeah. Something. So, no, there's definitely more. Um, but you're still in the community. You still represent 100,000 people, which is a lot of people, but it's a reasonable number. Yeah, and you're still trying to remind Reno that Sparks is here. <laughs> and, and, and we met her. Sparks. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so I guess... Uh, I, all right. Uh, I was going to ask about... Um, what uh, what are you looking forward to the most on the I guess on the positive route with with everything that you're pushing for with the campaign uh-huh. and now you secured it and yeah. you're moving forward and of course we're all trying to navigate the COVID world mm-hmm. and see see if we can come out and preserve as many businesses as you can yes. and mental health and mm-hmm. physical health and all that kind of stuff for the for the community. What else? I mean, what what's the I don't know. If, I don't know what the game plan looks like. Uh, yeah. For, so you know, for twenty twenty one, you know, I think you you hit the kind of the nail on the head about keeping businesses open. We want to have a flourishing business market. You know, we have new businesses opening right now during this, which mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Definitely, they have more cojones than I do. But you know, we also have people that we need to keep housed. You know that you know there's people that are mm-hmm. have lost their jobs and they're mm-hmm. not affording rent. And if, you know, we did a rental uh, mediation. So we did two things. We did rental assistance, where if you were having a hard time making rent, you can get money through the CARES Act, through the city, which is from the federal government gave us money mm-hmm. to help keep you housed. Because if we can keep you housed there, that's way easier for us, you know, as, as a city, as a society to help you. Because then you hopefully continue to, you know, you can find a job. You know, you're not worried about housing anymore or try to keep you housed so you're not worried about trying to find housing, which then that creates, you know, you lose housing, you might then lose your job or you might lose custody of your kids or whatever, you know, it spirals, it spirals mm-hmm. from there. And then we also did um, uh, eviction mediation. And so mm-hmm. we worked with our landlords and our tenants just to, no one wants to go to court. Not It's not fun for the tenant or the landlord. And so trying to keep people housed there. The Senior Advisory Committee, we only have had, I think, four meetings since I got up and running. Um, and so I want to definitely kind of get that mm-hmm. ramped up and going. Because, you know, our seniors, there's seniors that still haven't even left their house since March that are living here in our community. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's nine months of non-in-person non, non in-person socializing. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, and and that's an important, you know, you know, you know my family a little bit. My dad was, you know, 62 when I was born. He was a very old, older gentleman. Mm-hmm. I grew up with seniors, and you know, those are the people that are just normal. It's my normal people to talk to and hang out with, and I want to make sure that we can help take care of them through all of this, and you know, get us back back in action. You know, people are spending money. People are supporting our economy right now. Our sales tax numbers for last quarter were higher than last mm. year's, which mm. is, I think, crazy to think, mm. you know, but people are spending, people are spending money. Well, because people aren't leaving right now. Yeah. <laughs> They're stuck in their communities. <laughs> they are. Which may be, which may play a part. I don't know. That is an interesting stat. Um, but, you know, that also hurts us as a state because we were so tourist-based. Right. We need people coming here. You know, there's a reason why, as a state of Nevada, we don't have income tax and we don't have some of the other taxes that other states do because we make so much money from gambling and our, our you know, the tourist side of Vegas and up here, too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. You know, there's a, you know, our budget, we're not too, you know, we're, I wouldn't say we're panicked. You know, we're not looking at laying people off. We're not looking at budget cuts. We're not, when I say budget cuts, we aren't looking, you know, we were talking about building a new city hall. We aren't, we don't think we no longer need to do that because we have people working from home. We have now figured out that we can, you know, spend the two, three days at home working and then only come into the office every two days or maybe every other week, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And we're able to work with our less space, but... Yeah, or, or I don't know if the virtual space has a lot to do with that too, where you can... Not everything has to be in person, and you can save some stuff for just like, all right, I'm just going to call you on Zoom or, mm-hmm. okay. And so that's that's probably helped us a lot, you know, because especially with people with kids, you know, distance learning and having to be home, and I can imagine, and that's a whole other conversation. I don't know mm. how some of the parents were able to do that this year, and just how are they back to school here? Are they in, in person schooling yet? It's What's... in person for well, obviously it's winter break right now, but. Elementary school. It's not obvious to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, elementary school and middle school are in person. I think elementary school for sure is in person. High school is not. High school has mm-hmm. gone. Well, they went last, I think last week or two weeks ago, they went digital. And I think there's a plan to stay mm-hmm. digital after they return from spring break or winter break. Um, you know, all of our colleges, I believe, are still di- all virtual. Um, yeah, yeah. Our city council meetings, everything's virtual. I haven't sat in the chambers in nine months, which there's good and bad that goes with having Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't, you don't get that, you know, the hallway talk, you know, just checking in on people because it's, if I ask you how your, how's your day going and 10 other people are in the, you know what I mean? It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's awkward. Yeah. And so, but it's nice, you know, I, I can have an 8 a.m. Zoom and I could get out of bed at, say, 7.30, hop in the mm-hmm. shower, put a, I can wear shorts and put a, a suit on on top and be good to go. So, mm-hmm. good and bad, but, you know, COVID, I think, I think it's definitely, it's, it's hurt us. It's hurt us a lot, you know, I think mentally, a lot of people are drained, you know, I don't know if you've, I've had friends, I've had a couple of people commit suicide this year. Um, but you know, it's, it sucks. There's no doubt at all. And people have passed away from COVID and, you know, people that are hurting financially, you know, and, but there's also the flip side where we're able to re we don't, 
we're able to change how we always did things. You know, as a as a business, as a city, and, and other businesses, what was our normal doesn't have to be our normal anymore. We're able to flip it. I think people have realized what are some of the more important things of life. You know, family and friends, and we don't have to be all bougie, bougie, and behind the fancy things all day. We can call each other and check in. And mm -hmm. so I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, it stays like that. We uh, yeah, work our way out of this for sure. Fingers crossed. Well, we'll see. We got yeah. a vaccination going around, and you know, we'll see where we're at next year. Give it a year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping summer. I'm hoping into summer. Be well, a different world. I mean, I don't know. I'm not too tapped in either. But I keep hearing the rumor is that it might not be the vaccine itself might not even be hitting the public space until like summer. Yeah. So then you got to. Hope enough people take it from there and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But so yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think about because uh, I'm interested in I mean you've kind of talked about it a lot. I don't know how much I want to dig more into the city council life, but the what the day-to-day -day looks like. Um, so pre-COVID? Sure, uh, sure. So pre-COVID, you know, the day-by-day -day is... Like, I'm curious on how you hit all those restaurants and stuff, you know. That seems like the, the fun stuff. Well, yeah, so there's way more. <laughs> uh, well, I don't even know this. I don't cook. I mm. don't cook. I, Do you know how to cook? Eggs. <laughs> um, it's just, I know, it's just a, it's a skill I never, I don't know. Never sure. learned it. This is my lifestyle, I guess. Uh, so I, I eat out. Like for breakfast today was my leftovers from yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know. It's, it's how I sure, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but um, you know, so a normal day, you know, lunch is obviously. Let's let's start breakfast. We'll start in the morning. So it depends on the day. Every day, you know. So Monday is when we have city council. And so every other Monday is a city council meeting. So mm -hmm. council will be at 2. Um, I have my meeting with the city staff, I think, at 10.30 or 11.30 on those days. City staff. Yeah, so we meet with our staff of of the city. So the people that overlook, uh, like, the planning, parks and rec, our sewer plant, um, our lawyers sometimes. We have those meetings. They're never fun ones. Mm. But... Uh, we, that way we can ask questions that we are going to have at city council before. So like if I'm just not understanding why we're spending $100,000 on the sewer plant or whatever, I'm like well, why? And so they can explain it and you can ask the question again in a public forum, but if you're just not getting it, you know, it's, it's less embarrassing to ask, you know, ask a question over and over, like, I just understand it. But you can ask those questions mm -hmm. kind of behind the scenes. And there, there's not, you know, there, there's questions that you ask then that then you want to ask again to get it on the record so the public can mm -hmm. understand it probably a little bit better because you struggled um, trying to understand it as well. And so there's those. And then you either have meetings with, you can have meetings with developers, lobbyists, normal citizens, business owners. And are those as the city council, or is that you then just, just me? Okay. So we can't meet more than three of us as electeds. 
So the three of us went to say dinner. And oh, it becomes it's, it's too official kind of thing. It's an open meeting law violation. Oh. So you can go to dinner theoretically, but you can't talk about business. Yeah. So the three of us went, and I was like, "Hey, we should build another Wingfield um, uh, Golden Eagle, or let's build another Shields." And they're like, "Yeah, that's a great idea. We we just violated open meeting law." Mm-hmm. And so. A lot of those meetings are either just two of us or our mayor. So we can have two council members and a mayor because the mayor doesn't vote in city council. And so that's mm. that's legal. But we can't have three. We can't have four. We can't have five. Now, there's days where we'll go to, like, a fundraiser, and all five of us will sit at that table. But we know, like, we're not talking business. You know, we're talking why the sky's blue or, you know, how's your the day going. The movie you watched or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the normal stuff, not work. Um and so it, that's somewhat difficult at first because you know, it's not normal. Um, but we're, we, all, we all do a good job of it. You know, we catch <laughs> each other. You know, if something, and nope, like, no, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you have other, your other boards you serve on. You can have those meetings. You could have meetings with those staff members to ask them questions. Um, you know, you have your own personal life, too, of just grabbing lunch with someone or, or dinner or we get invited which which could be seen as another meeting (laughs) yeah exactly sometimes it is I think Um, we also you know we get invited to uh, galas and you know fundraisers and you know those type of things a lot of the time obviously pre-COVID where you know you're showing face Mm -hmm. and you're donating to the cause or um, maybe you're guest speaking for whatever the event is Mm. or just you're just showing face to support an event for you know for whatever cause that you believe in or whatever it is. Um, so it's not, and those, are, those aren't set schedules. Like, I don't have sick days. I don't have vacation days. I theoretically, the only people I have to answer to are the voters that vote me in. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I could theoretically not work and, like, not work. I can not answer my phone, not answer my calls, and still get paid. There's no way to fire me unless I think there's a recall in the vote. But I had to do something pretty dumb to... Sure. That happened. Sure. Um, so it's it's like I said, it's it's very unique. Um, so how is it? I'm trying to imagine for myself, like walk, being someone of a certain status, being invited to a gala or uh-huh. a thing. It's like, all right, we just we just want you to come. Yeah. And you're not being invited because like they enjoy your. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I get it. So it's it's kind of weird, like. Yeah. All right, I'm showing up because I have a status, and I'm here to present my status, and I'm walking around, and people are talking to me because I have status. Or yeah. however, I, 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 I don't know what that... So it's a hard, it's is, a difficult is, pill to swallow. Is there any, does it feel good? Does it feel like an ego or like, oh, they need me, I have power? Or what does it feel like? Yeah, you know, there's days where... You know, you try to stay as humble as you can be, <laughs> but the job doesn't allow you to be humble. If I don't talk about what I do or what good I do, nobody knows and nobody cares. There's no reason to keep me around mm-hmm. if you don't if I don't talk about me. Uh, going to those events, how I made it right in my head is I'm not just one person anymore. I'm twenty thousand people. Mm-hmm. I represent twenty thousand people wherever I go because I represent my ward and. Me, there's one person, or there's twenty thousand people, and so I'm, you know, I'm representing a whole bunch of people. So I, that makes 
more sense in my head mm -hmm. why we get invited to some things. And, you know, we have a conduit. If I go to your special, your gala, and you, I find out that you can support homeless animals, let's say, you know, maybe whatever, um, homeless kids, and then there's someone else two months later that's like, hey, I want to support, you know, this cause, or I, how do I get involved here? You're able to have that information to pass it right, on. Right, right. So you learn a lot at those events, and then they're, you know, they're good to networking. Because it's not what you know, it's who you know a lot of the For time. Sure. Um, and that helps a lot, just being able to connect people. And I think that's the cool part is, you know, there's people that we grew up with that have reached out to me, and I'm able to connect them to resources yeah. to help them. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, though, where you're, it, I, I could see how it could make you feel better, <laughs> where, where it's, I'm here, not because, yeah, I'm, like, regardless of if you want to be there or not, like, you're doing your due diligence mm -hmm. of supporting the people that put you in that position in the first place. That does feel good, I'm sure, it feels better mm -hmm. for the soul, because <laughs> I think about, because, of course, I'm pursuing the, the film side, mm -hmm. and I think about, like, my big dreams of working my way up as a as a director in film, and a, sometimes even now, I, I I worry about like, and I don't I it's, I feel like I haven't really done much in the film world to you know I haven't made a a big blockbuster movie or yeah made a movie that millions of people have seen or anything like that. So, but I still get a feeling sometimes I'm like oh are people just being nice to me because they want me to cast them in a film or people just being nice <laughs> to me because they think I I am like you know you you invest in people's um, potential uh -huh. so like oh Eddie's on the track to someday being able to hire a certain position so I'm gonna be nice to him now uh -huh. like it's kind of like that I feel like it's a similar thing yes. but in this one it, I'm not representing I wouldn't be representing yeah, I'm not being voted into that. Yeah. It's just, you know, you work towards that. So I, ideally, I'm hoping I'm in a position where I'm being invited to stuff because mm -hmm. <laughs> of the status, but it feels weird. Oh, it definitely. It feels weird. So I'm trying to, I'm asking you because I'm like, all right, how does he work through it? And Because so... you're only going to, same, same on your side, if, if you go through with your with your plan, mm -hmm. being the mayor, I'm sure you're only get invited to more stuff and yep. bigger stuff and... Mm-hmm. You're shaking hands with who knows. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's... So, something that came to mind when you were talking about people being nice to... I never knew I had so many best friends until I got a life. <laughs> there's people that tell people that they've known me for years. Mm. I had someone come up to my table last night and told my mother mm. that he is my best friend and that he loves me dearly. I have met this guy twice in my entire life. And you were sitting there while it was being said? Yeah, that... I'm sitting there. <laughs> she's right there, too. And I'm like, I told her, I was like, Mother, I've talked to this guy, like, twice my whole life. I've texted him once, like, one text message. And um, whatever. It's, That's interesting. Uh, and people, you know, people will use my name as kind of, they name drop my name. Mm. Uh, you know, they go to restaurants. They go places where they know I go. And... And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's appreciative because they'll be, oh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, Donald yeah. Abbott sent me here. And like, there's businesses. Like, if we a new sushi, there's a new sushi spot that opened. I know by me checking in there brought people there, which mm -hmm. is good. That's what I want. That's kind people of the point. To do. Yeah. yeah, supporting our businesses. 
But then people sometimes go places and use my name to try to get a discount or try to yeah. get things. And, you know, that's, and they're, oh, I'm really good friends with Donald. And I'm like, and yeah, someone blasts me. I'm like, I don't know that person. <laughs> yeah, there's a face look up on Facebook. I'm like, oh, I was a face, Facebook friend. That's it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I try not to, you know, I keep a small mm. circle, but I definitely, I'll talk to anyone. Like, you know, I, I yeah, don't think. you're a friendly guy by, by, by just mm-hmm. general nature. Yeah. And I don't think I'm any better than anyone else. You know, I, I might have a title, you know, it's the title's the title. It doesn't define me. It doesn't make me who I am. I'm still Donald. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously, Councilman Abbott <laughs> some days too. But sure, sure. It doesn't, I'm not Councilman Abbott seven days a week. Mm-hmm. But I am. I'm, I am when I'm in public. I get it. But I try to just be myself. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, for the record, I have known Donald for years. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, uh, no, oh. Because you were saying it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. That's uh, That's got to be weird for sure. It is. It's definitely, and I would think that sometimes I get invited to things. People, you know, they they either have met me already, they like me, or they want to meet me to help spread their message. Because um, you know, we end of the day, we're conduit. We're we're mm-hmm. the ability to spread a message. If you know, with social media, or even the amount of people I know. I guess someone. Yeah, like, oh. or you could bring it up at a meeting or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you were here locally. And someone's like, hey, I need someone to make a video. Like, well, you can call Eddie. Like, and that's, mm-hmm. you're the only person I know really that kind of does that world. <laughs> I'll, I'll fly up for you. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's, and I never thought, never thought I'd be here, but it's yeah. a normal life. I guess, I don't know, I'll, I'll try to transition out of this topic, but I did want to hit up one more okay. thing that I'm sure comes, I'll call it across your desk quite uh-huh. frequently, but I don't know how many people try to complain to you about stuff that you have no control over and how you kind of smooth that over. I, I, yeah, mm-hmm. so it happened, it happened a lot this year mm. a lot with COVID. You know, stimulus checks, that was a big one, is mm. people, you know, I'm running for office. I am mailing mailers to people all the time with my personal phone number, with my mm. email that I answer both of them. And they're like, hey, you know, I don't have my stimulus, blah, 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 this. And I don't have that answer because I'm not in the... That's federal. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not anywhere close to that. Mm-hmm. And you have resources you can pass them on to, but you're not able to actually help them directly. Or say if there's a pothole on... Bottle's probably a bad example, but like McCarran. We don't snowplow McCarran. Um, I don't know if I know one knows McCarran Boulevard. Sure, McCarran's a major... It's a major artery, yeah. yeah. Pyramid Highway is the same. The state of the state of Nevada maintains those roads, even though they're in the city of Spark City limits. We don't maintain them, and so you know, there's weird things like that that people have a complaint, but we're mm. not. We're able to kind of help, but not through us. We have to go through the state, and it's up to the state yeah. to, to fix it. So it depends on the issue. A lot of the time, if it's a state issue, you can then refer the people to their state representatives, their assembly member or senator. And then now it's up to that person, that individual, uh, that elected position to help the mm-hmm. person that's reaching out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I guess like there's a specific example I could run by you that I'm not even sure. I'm like, Donald doesn't have the answer to this. And it came from somebody you may know. I won't drop the name on the podcast. <laughs> but the issue comes, see, so you mentioned Golden Eagle. It's uh-huh. not even your, it's not really your 
jurisdiction. Uh, Golden Eagle isn't your so ward. So it's not my ward, but it's in the city of Sparks Limits. Yeah, all right. So there's an issue when riding a one-wheel. Uh-huh. You're familiar with a one-wheel. Yeah. I know you've had one in your possession for... Last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the one-wheel, mm-hmm. you'll sometimes get called off, called off, called up by like the, the parks people saying, hey, that's a motorized vehicle. You can't ride that on the sidewalks or whatever the case may be. And it's like, well, is it a motorized vehicle? Is it not? Can I ride my one wheel? Mm-hmm. So, like, who makes those rules? Is that something that, that we do? And then you're like, okay, I have experience with the one wheel. I can, I mm-hmm. say we should allow one wheels or. Yeah, then we'd have to go to city council. Well, staff, we'd have to give direction to staff to amend our city code and then we'd have to vote on it at city mm-hmm. council mm-hmm. to change it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, no, I. I I thought about that, too, because I actually rode the marina on mine, mm. and no one brought said anything, but I was like, well, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some controversy. Here. Yeah, some controversy, <laughs> so, but, mm. no, I haven't. Also, you know, a one-wheel is not, you know, we have electric bikes that people ride at the marina and ride on the river, which are supposed to be non-motorized, mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I haven't seen it being a problem problem yet. I haven't heard about it yet either. But I just know a certain individual that <laughs> has problems with it. <laughs> I haven't heard about it yet, but now so, I know. But maybe, maybe that individual should make some calls and <laughs> see, if they, see if they can come up. But uh, All right. Well, I did want to take some time to... Um, I don't know. Like we can work our way backwards a little bit. This is still kind of staying to, this is a little bit city council-ish, mm-hmm. but it's not. I did want to dig into your love of the city a little bit. Yeah. Because um, prior to, the, the reason you running for city council made sense to me was because like, oh, Donald already volunteers so much time at the Sparks Museum, mm-hmm. and you're always involved in lots of multiple ways mm-hmm. with that. I don't know if you have much to... What, what do you have to say about the, the museum? I know that's a big part of yeah. you. So the museum definitely contributed to me falling more in love with the city than, mm-hmm. than ever. How did you... Yeah. Um, so the, in the museum... I wanted to go to the museum since I was probably like six. I remember driving past it on Victorian. Mm. I, never, I didn't go in until I was 23, I think, or 22. Okay. I finally went in, <laughs> finally, I just went down, went, made it happen, mm-hmm. and I started volunteering at the front desk, and then I'm on the board, and I got asked to be on the board, and then I still am. But the museum, I love local history. I love history, but, you know, I, I like World War II or World War One, like that stuff doesn't fascinate me, like local history. Like, we could walk out here, actually, where we're sitting right now mm-hmm. used to be Burgess Park. It used to be a the first baseball field in the area in Sparks, um, right here. Like that's this is a tangible object that we can look at. We can see old photos. Um, you can walk down the street. We can look at old houses. It's I like that stuff. Mm-hmm. That stuff. I don't know, it's exciting to me. It's exciting. yeah. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, not that World War Two and World War One. <laughs> <laughs> no, real. Yes. But they are. They, we can see them. Yeah. We can see that from, right from here. our backyard. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that 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 really I think just lit my fire and sparks. And I always loved mm. the city, but I don't think I knew how much I loved it until until the museum. Until I started mm. finding local history, and I was like, "Oh, this is neat. This is neat." You know, 
I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah, and the museum, for those that aren't familiar with Sparks, it's kind of like, it's it's placed in a position that, I don't know if i call it like the head of the Sparks Downtown Strip. Yeah, uh -huh. Like it's right there where there's a lot of foot traffic yep. when there's the pre-COVID and hopefully post-COVID events. Yes, that's yes. Like the, that's like the main area where stuff is kind of being uh -huh. held for crafts fairs and all that kind of stuff off, and, it, and it's right there and i know like me personally i've only been in the couple times mostly because yeah my birthday here, party yeah brought there by <laughs> donald and uh -huh. that's where you have your birthday party yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so all right yeah whatever that brings to the yeah <laughs> no so i definitely the museum is a special place i think there's a lot of excitement for you know a lot of our like our age people where we're able to we have friends that have kids that are now able to bring them in. There's museum mm -hmm. things there, and we're able to teach people history of the area. And it's interesting to see how things repeat themselves, even mm -hmm. in our own local community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we used to have a trolley system. That's a conversation now is about a modern-day trolley system. And we had one 70 years ago and got rid of it now. Here we are talking mm -hmm. about that again. Um, but I don't know. The museum's a fun, special place definitely is. The other thing about the museum, I don't know if this is even really a talking point, uh -huh. but there's the, what's the name of the dude? Last Chance Joe. <laughs> Last Chance Joe, because <laughs> there's the, uh, the John Esquaga's Nugget is uh -huh. pretty much across the street. Yep. And there's the, uh, he was like the mascot in front of the casino that they were eventually, he was, I don't know how long that dude's been there. What uh, the history? 57, I think was the year. Okay, 57. And then he came off in 2014 or 2015. Okay. I would say. And then yeah, we, ha yeah. we have him at the museum now. We, we restored yeah, him. Yeah, because they were, I don't know what the decision was at that point, because the Nugget was like, oh, we don't want him anymore, and yeah. we're going we're gonna to trash him. And the city was like, well, we'll, we'll take him. So it's actually the museum that said, not the city. The city had nothing to do with it. Um, the mm. second owners of the Nugget, so John Squaga sold the Nugget. And the second owners wanted to do the front, redo the front facade, and they were just going to throw this guy away. I'm like, no, hold up, we'll save him. Mm, and so we mm. saved him. We have a license plate, a Heritage of Sparks license plate, right, which has right. Last Chance Joe on him or on the plate. We make a, um, a portion of the contributions of you maintaining that plate to the museum. You can't get the plate anymore, so, so it's mm. limited edition now. Nice. So yeah, Last Chance Joe is a mining. Uh, is Marine it dude. Inspector? Cowboy I mean, I, sh I should guy? know. I should know. I, I, he's I a work. cowboy. He's a cowboy. He's, oh, he's not a miner? He's a cowboy. He's got to be a miner. He's got a... He's got the... He's got the... Yeah, he's got the guns. He looks like he mines or at least pans for gold on his... his I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's what the, the whole thing is, you know, the nugget panning. It's so. a gold nugget, yeah. 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 I don't know. It's, you got some sun in your eyes I do right have some now. sun. <laughs> it's all good. All right. I can live. Okay, so prior to prior to the museum, mm -hmm. I don't know. I let's talk about let's write, let's just do some reminiscing okay. on, on the good times growing up. I mentioned in text that I would probably bring up the Park Friends group. Yeah, yeah. there's a uh, there's a specific park <laughs> that we kind of like called dibs on when we were growing up have some good memories there and uh yeah good that, old, was, that was a thing good old longford park longford park longford park uh 
Do you know what it's named after? Shucks, I feel like I've heard the story before. <laughs> but no. So Longford Park is named after Longford, Ireland, um, which is our sister city, the city of Sparks. Mm-hmm. So we twinned. We were the, it was the first twinning of an Irish city and a U.S. city ever. And it was, I want to say it was 1975. And it was Ides of March, March 15th, 1975. We twinned. You know, we sent the mayor and council over there. They sent their people over here. Um, they, we don't have anything in Longford named after Sparks, or at least not yet. <laughs> and Longford is no longer mm. a city, it's a county. So it'd be just like, for us, it'd be Washoe County now, sort of thing. So it's a larger area. Um, I was actually able to go there 20, November 2017. Mm. I was able to go down to Longford and meet there. They're called counselors, so it's the same thing as what I do. Um, so that, yeah, that's what Longford is <laughs> named after. And so there's a little okay. plot that talks about it. Right. Um, but no, going to Park Friends, you know, that was... As our childhood, we grew up playing, learning how to play every sport. I think that we know how to mm-hmm. play mm-hmm. at Longford. Yeah, so what we would do, I, I, I don't know. I don't spend, I guess that's another thing about COVID, too, that I feel bad for. Like, I, I think I was at an apartment for a bit in L.A. where they closed off all the uh, playing equipment. Uh-huh. And I'm like, shucks, kids can't come out and play. Like, play is not being advised right now. Like, okay. that's sad. Because it's hard enough getting people out and getting outdoors and stuff. But I know for us, we play football, soccer. I think we, I don't know if this was college or not. I don't know if we did Frisbee back in the day. I know ultimate I, Frisbee? Yeah. We definitely played some at Longford Park at some point with Ultimate Football, too. Ultimate Football. Uh, we, tennis. Tennis was a thing. Uh, Basketball. Capture the, capture the flag. Capture the flag. Uh, we built, were you there when we built the igloo? Yes, that was a uh-huh. legendary winter. Uh, event. It was <laughs> snowball fights. I remember uh, we have a buddy named Colin, and it was uh, his birthday one year. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure you you had to have been there. Well, yeah. I hope he was there. I got invited uh, <laughs> to him. <laughs> um, his birthday is like December fifth. Mm-hmm. Not. I'm not gonna say what year, Colin. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was like full-on white Christmas, white December, and we're super stubborn kids and a bunch of dudes, <laughs> sausage fest, and we would do video games, and then uh-huh. we would always have our football games, and we went, like, in two feet of snow and try to play <laughs> yeah. football, uh-huh. and uh, I don't know, the things we do, trying to try to just keep up the, uh, what what's it called, not the, the um, family, like the traditions. Uh-huh. And I, I definitely finally look back on those memories as uh, as good times where I don't think it's that often you keep a keep a thing going like that. And, no. Yeah. And, you know, we we had that park on kind of like lockdown. You know, people, we'd have other people show up to play football against us. And we'd play mm. pickup games against other teams. And, you know, my, my kickball team was park friends. Like, it's... You know, uh, Mike has Longford tattooed on his forearm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's beautiful, actually. Yeah, no, it's very cool. Um, um, no, it's, a spe- it's my favorite part, obviously. I think probably it's a special place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely that, you know, what, me. I'll go for it. What's your, uh, do you have a go-to Longford memory that you think about? When you, when you say Longford's my favorite park, is there a... Uh, the automatic memory. <laughs> Regarding, mm. I guess specifically to the park friends, because I know you have more history there than just uh, 
And Man, there's a thousand that just run through my mind. Were, do you, were you there when it used to be the pigeon coop? Yes. We, we, you had the whole investigative thing recently where you're trying to find old yeah. photos of it, and I sent you like a yeah. two-second snapshot. Which is super cool on yeah. you with your video stuff. Is you, used to rec- you recorded that. Of course, the day I didn't show up, but you recorded sports that day. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you have a lot of neat memories of us growing up on video. But. Yeah, yeah, because when I was first getting into film, I don't even know why I had that. I don't really know if I was into, I liked editing, and I didn't really know what I was doing. But I, uh, like, one Black Friday, I got one of those classic camcorders, and uh-huh. I started filming, uh-huh. friend, like, friend videos. I do, like, these compilations of, like, oh, all right, whatever. It was, like, each, whatever. Yeah, so I'd go to, yeah. I'd go and awkwardly I, shoot. <laughs> I remember the softball game. That softball game will be forever historical. Mm, softball. He filmed at Rancho. Oh, okay. And, you know, so we actually, it was our championship game. We ended mm. up winning. Mm. But more importantly, you know, one of our friends ended up, he, he died. And, you know, this is the only footage we years, have. Years later. Years later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah not that night. Um, but, no, we, years later, and it's the only footage we have of this guy with mm-hmm. his voice. Well, you know, obviously, we have some other stuff, like him playing. I think this is the only bass hit he ever got. On camera. Oh so. wow! Yeah, wow. so it's it's kind of cool stuff to be able to look back and so shout out to you, Eddie. Shout for, out to, to video, everybody. Yeah. The, the medium of because uh, that's one of my my favorite things about this too is I like the idea of the time capsule of the conversation mm-hmm. is kind of fun, fun too. I imagine I, I'm always a fan of like going back and watching my own stuff and okay. like reminiscing on those good times and like mm-hmm. oh I had so much fun with that and. Mm-hmm. Like I did one, I don't know. You probably, I don't know. You probably don't watch my podcast, but maybe. I was one Caesar. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Um, that was the cool thing with him too. I'm like, who from my family would be comfortable on camera giving a conversation? And Caesar does his whole video game stuff. And yeah. Whatnot. So yeah. he's. So I was, I was happy with that because I'm like, oh, 20 years down the road, I can look back at our conversation mm-hmm. on this cusp of you know the he's three years younger, so. Late 20s, early 30s, and this is a similar thing too. Where it's like, oh, this was Donald yeah. at the, the beginning of his second term, and uh, look where he is now, or where he isn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> exactly. I get it. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still trying to think of my favorite memory at Park, at Park Friends, at Longford. <laughs> you know, definitely. Man, there's just so many. Mm-hmm. I think about, it's not actually a positive memory. <laughs> it's not a negative one either. It's just, I think about football, uh-huh. and we would usually just do two-hand touch. But on <laughs> rare occasion, we'd have a, a ruckus group that were like, let's do tackle this time. We're bros. And we'd like, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm never a fan. I'm not. You know, yeah. I'm like a defensive, squirmy dude. I'm not here to try uh-huh. to tackle people. So I remember once it got to tackle, I was like, all right, give Dustin the ball. And he's just going to, like, elbow people. And yep. Donald's going to get hurt at some point. Yes, I'll be bleeding, <laughs> like always. That was always the tradition is you would always quite frequently in some way end up getting hurt. Because yep. you like to <laughs> test your limits for yes. sure. Um, it's usually like an ankle injury or some sort of jump or... 
the last time my motorcycle accident was always my knee. I always ripped the thing, started bleeding. After? After, because the scar tissue just never okay. was healed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> Those are lovely days. And, you know, actually, that, we can, because that accident is actually one of the reasons I have my current job. Um, if you go way back in time, so I'll try to sum it up, obviously. Sure. We're both. No, you know, I have my motorcycle. Yeah, Virginia. yeah. Um, we have the same bike. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'll, I guess I'll, let me give some context okay. a little bit. So we have, like I said, we have a history of, like, there's certain things that kind of bring us back, and it's mm-hmm. kind of nice having the, the wide variety of things that can connect us. I enjoy that. Or it's like, all right, we can play football. I don't know if these days, if, I don't know last time we played football. I don't play football anymore, anymore either. We played this year. Yeah. Nice. I wish I was playing. We had a small park friends group for a little bit. Oh, like nice. resurface. Oh, cool. So, like, playing football, playing tennis. Uh-huh. I know tennis was a thing for us for a little bit. Cause I think you were pretty good for a while. It's okay. Were you on the Sparks team? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never made the Reed team. That was kind of sad times. But, <laughs> so we had tennis. We had football. We had park friends. Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> uh, at the, a certain point, we, I bought my dad's motorcycle. You had a motorcycle. Uh-huh. We rode a couple times together and stuff and kind of had that. Uh-huh. And then I think... I don't know if after that was the camera. You got into photography yeah. for a bit, and you had a camera before I did. And I went to you asking about, like, cameras, and you recommended the one that you had. Huh? And I was like, all right. And then I recently just sold it, but I That's had right. It. You did get the 70D, right? Yeah, the, the Canon 70D um, for video. I got it for video purposes. And, uh, and so we kind of had that link where... Uh, you're mm-hmm. like my first subject for my photography practicing, yeah. and, and well, my first—I uh, think I used those photos for my campaign. Actually, you did mention when I first that. Started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, one of those things, like you said, was the motorcycle. Um, I was never too big on because it was a sports bike, sport bike. It was a Kawasaki Ninja, mm-hmm. I believe, '06. Yep, and. I got mine because I was like, you know, I'm I'm a mild mannered dude. I'm quiet. I'm like a nerd. I need I need something to like that people don't expect me to have. And I uh-huh. want to kind of mix it up for myself, and you know, show people that mm-hmm. underneath this quiet this quiet person is actually like somebody that could you know go yeah. click on a bike and be cool. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I got mine. I was like, all right, this is cool. This is fun. Um, and then, I don't know if you, when did you get yours and why? So I know you like being cool too, so. <laughs> <laughs> I got mine in 2009. Mm. I think it was spring of that. Sounds that. right. Because then I bought, yeah, because I bought my car in March and then I crashed in June. <laughs> yeah, so it was around that, around spring. I, I, I don't know if there was a, I think it was probably just basically just being cool. I wanted a bike. And they're fast. For the chicks. <laughs> Far from. I think, I, think, I think, well, I think more guys talk to you than the chick does. Oh, right, right. That bike. was always a joke. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, I got the bike. It was, it was fun, dude. I, I rode a lot. Definitely. You know, that was a lifestyle. It was, you know, I hung out with people that had a bike for the most part anymore. Oh, whoa, whoa. Nice. You know, it was ride everywhere. But, you know, talking about the accident, mm. you know, I, I don't, I think most of our, 
viewers are probably not from this area, so I won't bore them with too much details of the mm -hmm. area. But no, please uh, do, please do. Uh, you know, good old Virginia City is a ghost town, sort of national old. landmark, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it, so when I say it's a ghost town, it's a tourist ghost town. You know, it's not. A, mm -hmm. It's not. People live people there. Live there, yeah. And there's bars. There's uh, craft stores and that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so it was during Street Vibes, the spring edition. Street Vibes are local. Street vibrations for those that are <laughs> yeah, like the big motorcycle gathering. Yeah, all the Harleys coming. Mm -hmm. And either way, we went downtown Sparks, and then we went back to my house, and my dad was in the hospital. My dad was getting a pacemaker and defibrillator put in. It was Sunday. I saw him that morning. Mm. Went downtown. Went back to my house, and so my mother's at the hospital, or else she probably would have advised me against what I wore. But I wore my pink soccer shorts, and my muscle shirt cut out. Mm. I went up to VC, came, went to the truck route, which is just, there's no guardrails on it, so it's a windy, mountainy road. Mm. Um, you weren't with me that day, I right? wasn't there, no. And came around a corner, thought I was done with the corner, looked behind me, make sure my friends were all there because I was in the front. Came back, there's no guardrail. Bike went off the little ravine. It's like a 10-foot ravine. It wasn't like a cliff or anything, but. kind of slid it, right? Or Yeah, well, I slid on the, it. We, I got the brakes, it locked up, and it slid off, and I hit a mile marker in my back and cut my knee open pretty good and got my back pretty well. But I spent four days at Renown. I had internal bleeding. I had a walker for, I think, two months to get around. But looking back, I remember laying there in my hospital bed, doped up on uh, morphine, being 20 years old, and like, am I going to walk again? And it wasn't like doctors telling me I wasn't walking. I was making this way worse in my head. Sure. Um, but you know, I didn't know what was you know, what was going to happen, and I realized that tomorrow's not promised, and that I learned to take more risk, more risk like running for office is a risk because you can fail, and there's there's a lot of things you can fail at, but I'd rather fail at something and know I failed, and but more importantly know that I tried instead of twenty years later, oh I should have done this or I should have mm -hmm. done that or whatever it is, you know. We, yeah, take we, some chances. Mm -hmm. We hear excuses all the time, like. You know, you moving to L.A. Is, was a chance that you took. Or you could have sat here and in 10 years from now, oh, I should have moved to L.A. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what would have happened. You know, now you've moved. You're doing this. And, you know, people just get too comfortable. And you should be comfortable being uncomfortable um, mm -hmm. in the right circumstance for sure. But, you know, if you're not, um, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. You're not going anywhere. you got to try to. So that was the that was the start of the nudge toward, like, not you you, you were realizing that maybe, yeah, just the, then we'll call it the near death experience. Yes, changes yes. changes the person. Uh huh. Absolutely. Um, you know, it wasn't that I, after that I triggered that I want to run for office, but I realized I, I want to try some things, and you never know. You absolutely never know, and yeah, you know, life's full of risk. Is what risk are you willing to take and risk and reward how I don't know how does one any, do you have any advice for people that are stuck in their comfort like do you get often asked like for life advice and hey Donald I want to be like you, you I look up to <laughs> you I'm 17 graduate or you know you, yeah. you deal with high school kids you go to you go and do those those photo sessions with the with the teams mm -hmm. and much more back at Sparks. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, what a yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, so you know, it's ironic that you bring this up. It's probably, I think it's somewhat on the subject. So the other day I ranted on Snapchat. I haven't had my car for a month. Mm. A, I hit something on the freeway and it ruptured. It, put, it looked like someone shot my rim. Like it looks like a bullet hole through the rim. Either way, it took me a while to get my car. And so I could have sat around and complained about not having a car for a whole month and whatever. There's no need, you know, focus on the positive, don't worry about the negative. Yeah. And so I Snapchatted. I was like, oh, I got my car back today, you know, count your blessings. I just ramble. Sometimes I go on these rambles. And they're interesting because I actually get really good engagement from them. Like compared to just posting a photo, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But I had a guy that, so going back to my accident, I added like 700 people when I crashed my motorcycle because um, I was just bored. So I have a whole bunch of randoms on my Facebook. Um, On your Snapchat. Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Facebook. Sorry. Uh, So when I post to Snapchat, I also post to my Instagram, which links to Facebook sort of thing. You post to Snapchat, which links to your Instagram, Uh, which goes to your Facebook. (laughs) Sorry. I post to my Snapchat, and then I save the video, then I upload it on Instagram, which is is synced to Facebook. Yes. To do that. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I wish I could do all three at once, but uh, he... I was rambling about being happy and being positive, and he's like, "Bro, you're weird." And I was like, <laughs> "Like, you wrote." I was like, "Okay, like, you need some more positivity in my life." And like, I get it. And then he told me it was a joke, here or there. I hope you was watching this. I hope so, because he needs some more positivity. Like, life's way too short, and I don't know why he needed to focus his negative time on mm-hmm. something that there's no I'm, need to I'm waste trying, energy. Trying to trying to bring you down. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It is what it is, but, you know, I think going back to, I thought it wasn't too far off subject, we come no, back no. to your question about advice, you know, it's, it's literally just focus on the positivity, for sure, that's number one. I could tell you a thousand things that have gone wrong either this week, today, whatever it is, but I can tell you a thousand and one, always at least one more that have gone right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it's not always quantity, but it's for sure quality. Yeah. Um, you know, life's beautiful. Absolutely. We're alive. We're here and kicking. We're walking. We have water. You know, we're, we're comfortable. Life, you know, things are good. Um, but life ain't perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things that we could both talk about that, you know, we could focus on. But there's no need to. And I think to get out of your rut, you know, it's hard. I think we all get in ruts still. Mm-hmm. You know, there's days I'm like, oh, just blah, 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 blah. But, you know, find something that, you know, don't, you know, I'm not telling you to go quit your job or move out or whatever, but, you know, maybe try something new when you go to the 7-Eleven. You know, maybe get something different on mm-hmm. a meal. Or, you know, a thing that I was doing before COVID was reconnecting with people that I haven't talked to in a long time. So, mm-hmm. like, like yourself would be one if you were still in town where I'd be, hey, Eddie, let's go get lunch. And, you know, we know what each other is doing from social media, but we're going to have a different conversation in person. You'll actually be able to talk probably a little bit more. And that's, that's important to surround yourself with others that are also doing, you know, reconnecting with old friends that are somewhat hopefully positive. And if they're not positive, that's another conversation. But surrounding yourself with people that are either doing, I wouldn't say more than you, but doing, doing exciting things because people will reflect you around the company you keep. Which is why that person came up to your table with like, you're my best friend. Mm-hmm. And because they're trying to manufacture that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so. That's a lie. Don't, that's a lie to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, yeah no, point. for sure. That's 
So I like your examples, though, with uh, it could be as simple as if your routine is going to 7-Eleven every day and getting a big gulp of yeah. this, like maybe just mix it up and actually, literally mix it up. Get, <laughs> get your Mountain Dew and put some Coke in it. Yeah. And, you know, like that's like the nice small things because I was going to jump to something big with like education and don't yeah. go take some TMCC classes on stuff that you don't like sales or like stuff you know nothing about that can add to uh-huh. your life in some way or may not even add like just knowledge and, and those are definitely things but those are it's more that of a, could be a lot that's a, that's a big commitment mm-hmm. so you got to kind of work your way up but yeah uh-huh. and um, you were saying a thousand and one things that you could mention I was kind of thinking like the way I see it sometimes is uh, when people kind of vent to me about the negative stuff or whatever, it's not always a helpful thing to, that I do, but my brain automatically goes to where, where there's the flip side. Oh. It's more of it's more of the, not necessarily that there's more positive things, but there's a positive spin on uh-huh. the same thing. So you give me a thousand negatives, I can give you right back a thousand positives Got you. about the same scenarios. So... And it's hard. It, you know, I think it's easier for us to do it when we're outside of that circle. Like, you know, if we're, say I lost my job, I'm going to think the world's falling apart. Yourself, you could find the positive, and sometimes it's harder. Because there's, there's opportunity there. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, there is. Um, yeah. I had a conversation myself about if I lost my election, what would I do? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I had fun things. Like, I had a plan. And because it was exciting, I I am happy I, I got reelected. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. But it would be exciting to do something else, to to have a change of the plan. And yeah. you know, one door closes, twenty more open. And you just gotta be flexible. You can't. Because I know it's tough. Like if you if you if I try to imagine you at the high school talking to some kid mm-hmm. and being like, Donald, I don't know what I'm doing. What am I going to go to school for? My parents want this, and my dad wants this, and my mom says this, and you're saying this right now. Like, what do I yeah. do? And when you don't know what you want, it's very difficult to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Because, like, I don't know really how to advise people to, to kind of figure out what it is that they are living for. Uh-huh. I get you. Yeah. But... You know, I think both of us have, I don't think we really knew what we wanted to do until, I joke that I still don't know what I want to do until I grow up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I went to school for HVAC. You went to school for mining. We have degrees that obviously probably help us in some roles of our current life, but they're not the job, they're not the careers that we have degrees in mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, going back, those were all experiences that got us to, you know, if you never went through your program at UNR, I, maybe you wouldn't be here. You know, maybe if you, you getting into UNR allowed you to, because I think you used to rent cameras to UNR, right? Yeah, I would, yeah, I would and, utilize them for editing resources mm-hmm. or, yeah, that kind of stuff. And so if you never got into UNR, if you were just, hey, I don't know what I want to do, and I'm not going to go to UNR, you might not have ever got into UNR to get into cameras and get into some editing and to get this passion you currently have. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would say the same thing about, I'm not saying, I guess my summary, I'm not saying that we wasted our time or wasted any of our resources by going down these routes that don't directly af- impact our current mm-hmm. life, but they do. They absolutely did 
direct us down the path that got us to where we are at today. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think safely I say we're both happy with our lives, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a tough thing for sure because you, you make the decision and I'm going to go to school for mining engineering mm-hmm. and I trust just based off, like I trust that along the way I'll find, I'll find the answer. And then 30 years down the road, I'm just, yeah. like who knows? But yeah, um, I think about one experience I had in mining that really pushed me was there was a, um, I'll give him a shout out too, uh, Royce Foyer was also doing mining engineering and we interned for the same mine during that break between junior and senior year of college. Okay. And uh, we would do the drives on like weekends sometimes from like Winnemucca to Torino to get, you know, get out Socialized. of it. Yeah, <laughs> get I get of, you. <laughs> get, out of, get out of the pit. Um, and we would have conversations about what we actually wanted it to do. And he would talk about like, oh, I want to do movies and film and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I want to do movies and film. So we're just two dudes doing mining engineering, <laughs> working, at a, working at an open pit mine, gold mm-hmm. mine, talking about this. And he was kind of, he was kind of like a, he nudged me in the direction. And I was like, oh, like that was just really random. You, you never know but who you're going to meet. Line up, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's cool stuff. And so, yeah, I don't think you can ever give anyone direct legal advice. Or legal advice. <laughs> life advice. <laughs> legal advice if you're a lawyer. <laughs> but life advice because, you know, I think you just have to fake it till you make it sort of thing. You know, just go with the flow. And, mm-hmm. and you have a passion to learn. Um, you know, that's, a, that's probably one of my, um, oh, I can't think of the word, uh, um, things with people uh, where, you know, they're not happy with their current job or they're not happy with their current life, but they only want to work eight to five and they want to call in as much as they can. And, mm. you know, I always, you know, I, I think you worked when you went to school too and there were long hours, you know. I remember days of, you know, not even just going to school, but after hours, after 5 p.m., you were working on something to either better yourself or better your life or, you know, either learn a new skill or networking or whatever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. um, you know, and those are hours you're not getting paid for, you know, after five, but you have to learn those new skills, learn whatever else is going on to, to further your life. Yep, if you want to, you got to create the change, as mm-hmm. they say, it ain't going to change without that work. And there's uh, people that don't want to, and that's okay. Like, well, they don't want to do either one. They don't want the life they have, and they don't want to put work mm-hmm. and effort into a different life. So, we, Who we knows? Needs, needs all of us. We need all everyone in the world to make the world work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not everyone can, is going to be you know, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. That's just not how the world just won't work. Right. But everyone should try. But, you know, and try to learn from your advice. Be okay with failure. Mm-hmm. It sucks a lot. Now you're talking about being transparent earlier and being able to look at what you did wrong and how you could do better and take your your failures as a as a learning. Yeah, yeah, and not pretending like you've never failed too is a nice mm-hmm. is a nice thing. Like being, you beat me in vulnerable. Smash every time. I still still haven't got it figured out, but it's okay. I'll accept it. It's okay. Sometimes <laughs> others are just better than you. <laughs> um, I want to talk about because. Uh, speaking of trying things out, um, the 
abbotography. Yeah. Uh, the photography track that you went down for a little bit. Cause uh, do you, you still yeah. shoot on occasion, uh -huh. right? Yeah. What? How? How did you get into like similar thing? Another another thing. How did you get into it? Yeah. And and um, what is it now? So. Where I think my first, huh? Sorry, go for it. So I think the first thing I got was a GoPro, if I recall. I got a GoPro 4, I think it was. It was the one, I think it was a 4, when they first went to like night laps. And night photography is kind of what I really mm. fell into. Mm -hmm. I still think that stuff's super cool. And then, uh, you know, also I got a drone too. And so we had, we were able to put the GoPro on a drone. And then that was before like DJ, like, there's the phantoms and all that. Like we actually had to solder stuff into mm. broadcast video back because it's kind of rudimentary, but it's fancy. So uh, that, that's kind of what really got me into photography. Then I ended up buying the, the 70D as well. Um, I have a 5D now and I love mm. sports photography. Mm. So I, I still shoot. I shoot way more free stuff like pro bono than I ever will like actual make money. Yeah, it's more the the hobbyist side. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, you know, I definitely didn't break even this year. COVID just destroyed everything. Mm -hmm. And but I just, I also don't put it as a priority in my life. Um, I put my council job as my priority and photography comes second where, you know, I'm able to shoot. I promised myself um, one varsity sport at Sparks High School every year. So baseball, basketball, tennis, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I give the kids I give them their photos for free. You know, I don't charge them. If, they, if we do team photos, I, I do charge for that. But just try to give back so they have something. Uh, and that's where I real that's, – that's enjoy. That's, that's my love. That's my love of giving back to the community. Um, weddings are fun. They're stressful. You know, they're, there's a whole other level. So you shoot weddings, huh? I, I will I'll shoot anything. <laughs> I shot some family. I did shoot some family portraits this year. I shot a wedding as well, socially distanced wedding. Which was Whoa. interesting. How was that? Wear a mask for four hours and everyone's on Zoom. So that was kind of interesting. Oh, there. really? Um, not everyone, but a majority of the wedding people, well, not wedding party, but the so wedding. The, so the bride and groom were in person. Uh huh. And then the parents were there and then everyone else was on Zoom. Okay. And then they did a drive by reception. Sure. Drove by and, and, you know, honk. And so it was just different photo ops, different That's things. That's interesting. Um, that's kind of cool. Slash, you do what you can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, I'm not trying to like, like toot my own horn, but I won an award this year where Ooh. normally we would, so I won 20 under 40. So there's um, 20, I'm one of 20 people that are 40 years younger, but you have to be, uh, you have to be uh, under 40 years uh -huh. old. Yep. And the top, and they have like a list of twenty people. Uh -huh. yeah. So there's 120 people that got nominated, and then I made final 20. And so the ceremony, like mm. I got nominated last year, I lost, and it is what it is. You know, you take the you take the L and you move on. Sure, sure. Uh, I was <laughs> sure because you don't submit for it, right? No. So Sandy, Sandy Parker's actually mm. nominated me last year and nominated me this year. Oh, nice! Shout out to Sandy. Yeah, <laughs> and. Either way, they had the event at the drive-ins, at the drive-in movie theater, because mm -hmm. we, we all sat in our cars and we watched, so it was kind of weird. We had to record a video saying, oh, I'm so happy I won, you know, thank oh, you all. Oh, just in case? Yeah, but you don't know if you won or lost. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you're trying to be excited, but, like, I'm happy I won, but you could have had a fake video <laughs> of winning. 
but they, you know, they still were able to do the event at the drive-ins. Uh -huh. We were still able to kind of get together. Um, but like me winning my election party, I couldn't have a party with all my friends, yeah, which yeah, I normally yeah. would do. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. There's those things. No, I'm I'm always curious to hear about the uh, the the COVID versions of of certain events because I'm in the mindset of like I almost feel like it's better not to have the event at all mm -hmm. just because it's just sad otherwise with with like high school graduations and stuff. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm just trying to imagine putting myself in the shoes of mm -hmm. of graduating. I'm like, well. You know, it's just, you, you'll get in the mindset, like, it's just a ceremony, it's the circumstance of the year, it's fine, I don't need it, versus, like, we're going to force it in this weird environment, and I'm not really going to get the experience, and it's, mm -hmm. like, it feels like it's almost, for me, I'm like, uh, I'm good without it, I'm good. We did at Sparks High, which no one, I don't think anyone else did. We had an in-person graduation ceremony, mm. but we did it outside, uh -huh. and we socially distanced it, and it took us six hours to do. And so we only, you know, Reed was probably around 250, your graduating class, maybe three. I don't remember. We're like 140. So your graduation is normally like three, four hours anyways. Ours is like an hour, hour and a half. Mm. And so we were able to do a socially distanced graduation where you can still get photos taken, and I, I took all the photos, so mm -hmm. I wore a mask for six hours yeah yeah day. yeah uh, so i'll never complain about wearing a mask after that day because it was brutal it was so oh, hot oh please and... look when i had it when i have to work i'm working a 12-hour day with a mask on okay i get it for days on end i i won't i don't complain <laughs> wearing them. like i get it so uh but yeah no that's interesting so it was six hours and like the families like i'm sure it was probably just Limited, limited space, and I was like, "All right, only the people that need to be there. We're not. Please don't fly a family and like that kind of yes, stuff." Was, yes. Yeah. So you know, That's the, cool. I, it was interesting to see how we were able to adjust a various events this year. And there's a lot of events that got canceled. Definitely, just straight mm -hmm. up. Um, all the, the fun stuff. All the fun the, stuff. the rib cook off. All the concerts. Best in the West. Yeah. So no, it's a okay. Different year. For sure. All right, so photography. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, I don't know what to ask. I'm, I feel like I'm not. I've I've gotten away from the photo side for sure. Like mm -hmm. I I dabbled a little bit just to get comfortable with the camera and. I mean, it's just part of the process. Yeah. Like, I want to whatever. But now, I try to stay away from the camera altogether. I'm like, all right, there's people for that. Mm -hmm. I'm not that people. I want to focus on the story. I want to focus on the intent of the people in front of the camera and Got you. and kind of help bring the whole vision to life and, and kind of trust Someone, person, the yeah. person with the camera. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm looking for. What do you think? And have that whole back and forth is mm -hmm. what I love to do. Um, but I'm glad that uh, your, the 5D sounds cool. How long have you had that? <laughs> That's a it's a it's a nice step up. That's a yeah. Mark Four, Mark Five, uh, Three, Mark Three, Mark Three. Yeah, um, I think four years now. Uh, okay, you had it for a bit. Yeah, yeah. So no, I enjoy it. Um, photography's fun. It's just it's a hobby. It's little, <laughs> you know, I pay I pay no, my taxes fine. and all that. Like it's a legal business. Ha having hobbies is perfectly good. Uh huh. <laughs> what other hobbies do you have these days? Have you adopted anything new? Um. 
you bike? I still cycle. I still cycle. I play some softball, some kickball. Um, a little geocaching. Mm. Um, what else? I know I see you on... Because uh, we both have... You have a Nintendo Switch. And uh, I think I have you as a friend. On, we mm-hmm. don't play anything together, but I see you <laughs> pop up on occasion. And I'm like, all right, he's playing Mario Party again, <laughs> or like Mario Kart, or like I don't know. Yeah. You, yeah. So I, I, so I, 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 I let my buddy borrow my Switch <laughs> this year. <laughs> <Not even you. laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jesse Weiss. I think you know, you might know Jesse, yeah. but his kids. You know, he's um, and he's hanging out with his kids all the time because they're not they weren't in school, and so yeah, yeah. Thing. I just left the switch there. So it's not even you. I so, so the switch is at my house though now, because Santa brought them a switch. Oh, that's nice. And so the switch hasn't left my backpack though in two weeks. Mm. It just sits there. So. Okay, I thought I was kind of hoping that you were still playing those games because I know you're you're more of a fan of those. Uh, you're a fan of the, the party games more than. You know, so I bought Smash Brothers. I, so I bought Smash Brothers. Nice. And I'm horrible at it. It's tough. But I bought it. I was like, I'm gonna just, I gotta like get good at this game. But Mario Kart, I'm, I'm pretty good. At Mario it's classic. Kart. I can't it's classic. There. So no, I, I play a little. Not, you know, I don't have a TV in my room. I don't have a Netflix. You so. don't need a TV. You have the Switch. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, I, f- I fill my time up with being social, with talking to people, oh, and that's just my lifestyle. That's, I mean, that's the lucky part, I guess. I'll say. The- positive side of the of the job is because i love i'm i don't know how you define your personality you're like the introvert versus extrovert Mm -hmm. but like for me i feel like i'm an introvert that's worked really hard to learn to like the extroverted side Mm -hmm. so i've developed this weird in between where like i need that interaction to just feel yeah you know sane Mm -hmm. so when covid hit my excuse was always like, I'm in LA, there's tons of creative people around me, I can have coffee, like mm-hmm. infinitely, because there's just yeah, so many people. So, but then now, everything's shut down, and mm-hmm. it's not advised to just go willy-nilly into public. And yes. So you want to be very thoughtful with your interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's one of the reasons for the podcast, it was like, I need to talk to people, and I need to talk to them for a long time. Here's gotcha. a, here's, a, here's a, an outlet for that. But because um, otherwise, like you know, this is a once a week thing that I do. Gotcha. And uh, it keeps me keeps me keeps me going. Good. So I like that you kind of have this built-in socialness with it. That mm-hmm. I'm sure it can come back to bite you sometimes. We don't really feel like having interactions, but oh, for sure. But I do like. Um, I do. That sounds nice. Is you're social, and that's what yeah. you do with your time, and that sounds lovely. You know, there's. I'll be the first minute we talk about going to uh, like galas, like different fundraiser events. There's days I'm I'm beat. <laughs> I don't want to talk to people. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's a different level of us. If I was like, hey, Eddie, let's go to breakfast, and you know, we're just going to talk about park friends or whatever, like good, mm-hmm. you know, normal things. If I ask. Some people, some people ask me to go to breakfast. And we are talking mm. work, and it's work, 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 and it's there's no escape. No escape. Yeah. And so, and then you're, you got to be in your A game at all time. You know. Um, mm. 
I don't know. Sounds interesting. Like, I'm trying to imagine. I, I have a hard time imagining you at these <laughs> talking business all day. Like, it's, it sounds interesting. Oh, it's different. You know, and then you have people that are trying to ask you questions to get information. Like, oh, right. And you can feel that, though. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, you know, someone's asking you, like, or like someone asks you, oh, what's, what are some fun movie ideas you have? And you just drop your favorite one, and they run with it sure. and take it. Um, and obviously, I hope you wouldn't do that, but you might. They might have built enough trust up to you. They might have sugar coated you all day by a couple of shots mm-hmm. or drinks mm-hmm. or cocktails, and you think you can trust them. I don't know. Well, I guess the plus side on the creative stuff is if I did spill the beans on, because I do talk to people about movie ideas and stuff. So mm-hmm. if I do. The positive thing about sharing a creative idea as far as like a storyline or something is I could tell it to you and that's, there's still the process of writing it, there's still the process of producing it and like the creative vision of like what's in here and putting on paper, like I would write it differently because I have my take on it. So it's a little, I feel like I'm a little bit safe on that. I know there are a lot of people that are afraid of like, well, if I tell them that the movie's about X they'll make a movie about X, but then their movie about it is a whole different, even genre than the one that I would make about it. Gotcha, but, I gotcha. But I feel like the thing, the information you give is a little, probably a little bit more clear cut. Yeah, for I don't the most know. part. I don't, know what people, I don't know what people want to know. <laughs> they just want the gossip. That's, Misery Loves Company. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had one more question. Then we can wrap it up. Sounds good. But I forgot what it was. Okay. <laughs> so is there, I'll think about it. I'll think of it as we're going. But um, what, what, what's next? <laughs> I've kind of already asked you that question. I don't know. Like, what, is there, what, what have we not talked about that you want? Is there anything, any questions for me or? It's fine if not. Yeah, no, no. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think if I was going to sum up to everyone's listening and watching is, you know, look, your city council, your whatever officials, we're all human beings. We're literally just normal people. We shower every day. We Sometimes. eat lunch. Yeah. Well, most days. <laughs> most days. Well, these days at least. <laughs> but, you know. Speaking for myself, sorry. <laughs> You know, if you have a problem, reach out. Don't be afraid. Uh, I don't want to say be afraid. Like, don't be afraid. Like, we're all normal people. And if they don't help you, don't vote for them. Mm-hmm. Like, get involved with, you know, other candidates. Because we all get excited about president. And I would make an argument that my life has a larger influence in your life, in your someone's life, than yeah. the president ever will. Um, and don't get me wrong, the president does have an influence in your life. But, you know, I could put... I city council we could put a, a drive we could put a 24-hour bar next to your house or whatever it is you know, we can up the speed limit in your neighborhood to 100 miles an hour or things like sure, that sure. the president would never have that influence uh, to it and you know just getting involved and i'm not saying be a political junkie at all but we it's important to kind of if you want to make change if you want to be about it and not just sharing that Facebook article or, you know, whatever whatever it is, you know, go help a mm-hmm. help a candidate or help a ballot question or, 
you know, get behind something. Um, this is important for you to be engaged, and that, that goes for anyone of any yeah. age. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else? I'll I'll add on to that. Like I think about. I know. Uh, again, the bulk of my experience was witnessing the the LA, the LA lockdowns and. I follow a lot of actors on Instagram and that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. and everybody's like scrambling to try to figure out what could I do. Mm -hmm. Like there's the Black Lives Matter movement, mm -hmm. there, all the COVID and all the mental illness. Oh, like, all yeah. there's, there's plenty of things going on in the world, mm -hmm. and we're just like, what could I do to help? Any other advice? So you, I like the the mention of interacting with your city council member mm -hmm. does does matter and and you 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 can be heard in that way mm -hmm. so that's a good place to voice specific uh, specific concerns or mm -hmm. opinions um, is there any other thing you could recommend because uh, I like I think about for me one thing that I was doing was picking up trash around my neighborhood because LA is disgusting yeah yeah <laughs> LA is bad. So that was like one thing I was like, oh, I'm making a direct impact in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And um, that was kind of my way of getting out some of the energy of trying to physically see a difference in the world around me. Got you. Um, but I don't know what one could do in this particular area. Or... Yeah. So, you know, in this area, it depends what you're, what you're passionate about. So, you know, you're talking about picking up trash. Um, up here in Reno Sparks, we have various nonprofits that do that. Uh, tomorrow... Actually, today was the first the kickoff day of our Keep Trucking Meadows Beautiful, KTMB, their Christmas tree recycling. So like, I'm mm -hmm. going out tomorrow. I'm going to recycle trees. We're going to take them off people's cars, and we mulch them, and then we actually spread the bark throughout the north, through in spring, summer in our local parks. And so that's just one item where you could help. You know, picking up trash is an awesome, very awesome uh, deed where... You could get with a couple of friends. You can clean up a park. You know, clean. You know, get a couple of people. You can make a larger difference mm -hmm. in an area. And you might even inspire someone to do the same. You know, they might see you guys. Oh, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I want to be a part of be a part about it. Too, or be a part of it too. And a lot of the time, that's the problem. Is people want to help, but they don't know how to help. Mm -hmm. like, that's literally your question. Is you know, how can people yeah. help? And you know, they they want to. They just don't know how. And so. I think a simple Google search of, of whatever you're passionate about. If you want, you know, for mental health, those are things that, as electeds, we do have a, a ability and impact on. But we also need, you know, up to you to help either lobby for maybe the federal government to make sure they give us more money mm -hmm. for that, or the state, or Washoe County does some social services too. Mm -hmm. You know, reaching out to that that the right elected body to help and uh, influence the decisions because if no one says anything we all assume it's everything's peachy yeah, yeah, yeah. everything's fine and we know everything's, I'm not saying there's no way any of us know that the world's fine well, right it's, now. it's just because you already have so many directions you can go in that you if it's not on the table you're not going to address mm -hmm. it yeah and then you know you have the conversation a lot of the time is it's nice when people have a a complaint with a suggestion instead of just complaining mm. about you know, the park's being dirty. Maybe, but hey, my park's dirty. Can we do this by doing a park cleanup? You know, can you help that? And, you know, there's, it's always nice when people come with solutions. Mm -hmm. 
I love solutions. Solutions are very nice. And, you know, and when we're talking about money, you know, we all have, the cities and governments all have budgets, just like we all do. So I could say, you know, let's spend another $100, you know, in our, say, in our own personal life at buying new shoes. We either can make another extra $100, but we probably aren't going to make an extra 100 So we need to get 100 from either buying coffee or going to dinner or something. We had to take it from somewhere. So mm-hmm. like mental health. Oh, right, right. If we want to put more money to mental health, do we want to take that away from housing or from our fire department, police department, or potholes? Or, you know, well, what do you want to give up? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to pay more taxes? That's another, we have to right, pay more right. revenue somewhere. Right, right. So, you know, those are all things that, you know, and, and also I'll keep in mind just because if you think something's right, we are elected by the majority. Yeah, it's if more the, than just you. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. majority of people wouldn't theoretically need to share a similar idea to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but I think you should be able to have an open dialogue with your elected officials. That's, Make change. That's the hope. That's the, that's where. Yeah. Um, you know, but like you said, the whole reelect, that word, people, there's people that should not be elected in office. They get reelected mm-hmm. because of the reelect, that word. It's like, oh, they must have been doing something right to be there in the first place. Yeah, yep. it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough to be in the loop in so much, yeah, so many okay. elements. But um, no, yeah, thanks for thanks for being on. Yeah, I like yeah. I like hearing about your experience in this this world that I have <laughs> no experience in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I guess I'll just leave. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I'm proud of you, Eddie. I'll definitely say that one to you, that, you know, you took a chance, and you moved to L.A., and that's, that was so crazy. I remember hearing that you were moving, and I was like, that's wild. Like, that's, like whatever, you know. I, I can't fathom that in my head. Mm-hmm. I, I can't fathom moving from Sparks. Like, that's just, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. couldn't. But you took a chance, and you made it happen, and I'm sure there's naysayers that people talk and tell you that, what are you doing, this and this? For me, I, I don't necessarily have that experience. Okay. Because I was already doing so much video stuff before I had moved, and I got so much done before I made the jump that I was like, oh, he's already accomplished such yes. and such and such and such. He's probably just going to make it work down there, too. Gotcha. So it was almost an, the, the other side where, like, there was this ex- expectation of success oh, okay. that I felt like I was kind of jumping into. Maybe I'm manufacturing that myself, but I don't know. Regardless, I didn't, I didn't have anybody really telling me I couldn't do it. Good. But um, so that's You're making nice. it happen. But now I just gotta same as same as everybody, you know, same as same as you. We're all just trying to get better at what we do mm-hmm. and become people that other people want to have around. So let's yep. just let's just keep at it, Mister. Where can people? Keep keep up in the loop with uh, Mr. Donald Abbott. Yeah. Where's so, the, where are the places to be? Um, so all my social medias, my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is all Donald for Sparks. Um, there's my website, my campaign website, sparksproud.com. Uh, so there's all those. You can sign up for my e-newsletter through the website on there. Um, those are kind of the best. You know, I'm pretty good pushing content out that sparks relatable for the most yeah, part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, or relatable to myself. And I try to be as personable as I can be, um, you know, through my social media outlets. Yeah. Sweet. And uh, that's that. So thanks, that's Eddie. great. All right. Bye. See ya. <laughs>